going on my friends this is tim banal of banalofamerica.com with the 2012 boa audio baseball special kind of an odd edition of the program sitting in the ether between boa audio season six and season seven if you're tuning in for info on our impending new season you're going to get some teasers throughout the episode and I will talk more about it at length at the end of the show. But of course, this program is, as tradition states, dedicated to baseball discussion with friends of the program and esteemed esoteric researchers. I'm very happy to report that once again we have brought the gang back together, so we've got a tremendous lineup for this year's special. We'll kick things off with our 2011 Prediction Contest champion, Jason Offit. Then we'll roll on in to our good friend, iconic cryptozoologist, Lauren Coleman, followed by esteemed UFO historian, Rich Dolan. Then we'll welcome filmmaker, raconteur, and rogue paranormalist, Paul Kimball, followed by the author of Project Beta and host of Radio Mysterioso, Greg Bishop, and we'll close it all out with our good buddy crackpot historian Adam Go Rightly. Along the way, we'll be talking about baseball. We'll be finding out what all these guests have been up to since they last appeared on BOA Audio, and we'll get their predictions for the 2012 BOA Audio Baseball Prediction Contest. I know we're coming at you two weeks or so into the baseball season, but I can assure you that all of these interviews were taped prior to the start of the season. I've just been super busy and haven't got around to editing all of the segments together. But nonetheless, all of the discussion is unhindered by what has unfolded over the last two weeks. And with all that said, let's get down to business, my friends, and play ball. Ladies and gentlemen, the 2012 BOA Audio Baseball Special. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Ladies and gentlemen, kicking off the 2012 BOA Audio Baseball Special, we have got the champion from the 2011 Prediction Contest, my good friend Jason Offit. He really squeaked in there at the last moment. It was such a bottleneck at the end that we had to go to transposed picks. And in the end, Jason Offit came out on top with, uh, I believe it was, let me get the final number here, but you had five out of 11, which is pretty good. We take out the two, the three from the, the AL, the NL, and the World Series. So really, uh, you know, five out of, what is that, eight. So you did pretty well. And you are the champion for 2011, so congratulations, sir. That's what you know. I, I knew uh, whenever I picked uh, the Montreal Expos to uh, to take it all, that this this would be my year. <laughs> so you are top of the mountain, joining such esteemed people as Richard Dolan, Lauren Coleman, and myself. 
So now you've, you've won it as well. Excellent, excellent. Yes, I, uh, uh, I will, I will take this opportunity on this, this year's baseball special to completely stink up the joint and, uh, and definitely give somebody else a chance to win, uh, next year. Just, just because my picks will stink. Just make sure it's not Kimball. We're trying to keep it out of his hands. Oh, I'll, I'll take, I'll take care of Kimball. <laughs> we can't have the title go fling to Canada. No, yeah, I know. I just I remember when uh when 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 uh you know Joe Carter hit the home run when uh when 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 they uh when they, when the Blue Jays That's right. won it all. That that really kind of bothered me. Yeah, confused a lot of people. So, yes, you uh you won the championship. Unfortunately, your uh your Kansas City Royals not not so lucky. Didn't fare too well last year. And I, I think I mentioned this to you in an email, and this is what I am interested in in a sense. And we've kind of we've, we've talked about this in the past on on the baseball special. I feel like maybe we've beaten it into the ground, but I still think it bears discussion. Where it's like, well, how can they not? Even the Reds broke through to the playoffs a few years ago, and the Pirates were were you know in contention at least halfway through the season last year. But it seems like the Royals still still can't seem to get out of you know, out of this funk that they're in. Are you trying to make me cry to start off with a special? <laughs> no, I need the insights from a former, from a former Royals. Uh, I, I guess you weren't really an employee of the Royals, but of the state. I was, I was for a while. When I was in college, I was a food vendor. So, yes, you can say a former Royals employee. There you go. Who threw bags of peanuts. <laughs> Actually, they wouldn't even let us throw bags of peanuts. They were worried about lawsuits if we plunked somebody in the face. This is before peanut allergies, too. Yeah, this was yeah, this was back when peanuts were a man's food. <laughs> what happened with peanuts? Now it's like you can't go anywhere without being like bombarded with warnings. I don't know. We got I got kids in elementary school, and every single thing that they they send home um, regarding people bringing food in, it's like you know, no, you know, no, no peanuts, or we'll have Homeland Security on your ass. Yeah, it's like what, what kind of world are we living in? No wonder China's ready to take over. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. They they love peanuts. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Peanuts. That's the problem. This is probably some long range like some long range germ warfare type thing we got going on. I don't know. I was looking for uh, I was looking for my next my next uh, big big project, and I think it's going to be the, uh, the 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 China peanut conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what happened? So, no, no development here with uh, with the Royals. Uh, you know, I'm looking at them now. They finished fourth place in the Central, and it looks like 20 games. No, 10. I guess 10. Yeah, 10. 10 games under 500. So, I mean, they're they're inching up there, but they're still sort of still hovering in the in the fourth place range. Well, here's 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 the problem. Um for you know what the past couple of couple of decades uh, they you know when they finally uh, in 85 let's go all the way back to a time where everybody I teach wasn't born yet um, <laughs> anyway back in 85 okay finally uh, they won the world series uh, uh, the owner Ewing Kaufman one of the one of the class class acts in, in baseball baseball history in my opinion um, was was up there in years and uh, they that's the last time they went to the playoffs was when they won the World Series in, in 85, and he wanted he wanted to win again before he died because he knew that he didn't have too many years. So he started throwing money at, uh, at at free agents, and that just was a complete disaster. Um, then we had uh, in, incompetence in the in the front office after after Mr. K passed away. Um, 
And then we were, you know, purchased by, uh, by, you know, David Glass, Mr. Mr. Walmart. So he was branded for a while like, like Walmart, um, using everyday, everyday low prices to buy talent. Oh God. And, uh, it did, hasn't been, um, I mean, and there was always the promise of, well, we're working on our farm team. And then, you know, that never really, really amounted to everything or to anything. And, um, since we've gotten our, our new uh, general manager a few years ago, uh, Dayton Moore, uh, he studied under John Sherholtz. Yeah, the name sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's been our, our, our GM for a while, and he has actually been been building the, the farm system, um, which is you know what what the Royals you know what made them a powerhouse in the 70s and 80s is we had a great great farm system, and now we're we're getting that back. Um, John Herger Sherholtz, I, I will say. Uh, graduated from the same college I did, so I've, I've got that. And uh, he's a very class act. Here, here's a John Sherholt story. When he was the uh, general manager of the Kansas City Royals, I just started uh, in the newspaper industry, and I, I was a photographer. I shot Royals games, and um, the reporter and I had a few beers on the way up to the up to the game, and I actually spilled one all the way down in the front of my shirt <laughs> and we get to we we get to go get our press passes and and they don't have any it's like okay you know off it you don't have a press pass for today i'm like crap who do i speak to and they sent me upstairs to talk with john sherholtz so here i am stinking of beer <laughs> with a big wet spot on my shirt and he was gracious enough to give me a press pass for the day nice nice yeah i'm forever in his debt yeah, that's a good, yeah. He could have been thrown out. Yeah, I, well, absolutely. And what, what would I have done? Going back to the paper, completely stinking drunk, because we still had a lot, a lot of beer in, out of the car, and with no pictures. <laughs> oh, off it. You're out of control. How about now they traded Zach Greinke for a bunch of prospects. Did any of those guys pan out at all? You know, I knew you were going to ask me that, and I, but I, I didn't uh, think enough to really do my homework on that. I, I, I don't know. If they didn't stand out enough that you'd know, I think that that's that, the answer. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Guess so. Yeah, I, the whole Grinky deal. I mean, I really. You know, I would. I think everybody in Kansas City was sad to see Grinky go. Uh, he'd been through a lot here, and you know, finally he, he won the the Cy Young. I can't think of the last. Brett Saberhagen may have been the last Cy Young winner for Kansas City. Uh, and that's going back quite some time. Uh, so we, I mean, we had an excellent pitcher, but we had absolutely nothing around him. Yeah. Uh, our pitching staff was horrible. So I, getting anything for him, he didn't want to be here anymore. I just, uh, and I, I was, I was fine with the trade. But, Again, but I'm sure my ignorance by not knowing who he was traded for. Yeah, but if anyone had like a breakout year, you'd know it. So it's like, yeah. I think that that's part of the issue here. How about that guy we keep talking about every year on the special uh, that we keep saying it's got to be his year, his breakout year, that had got the advice there from the legendary George Brett? Right, Alex. Alex Gordon last year was his year. He did all right. Finally, yeah, he had a, he had a really good good year last year, and he's had a had a strong spring training. I mean, yeah, that was the guy. Uh, he was supposed to be the next George Brett, but. Uh, Kevin Seitzer was supposed to be the next George Brett. Uh, Jeff Conine was supposed to be the next George Brett. Uh, and they were fine players, but they were not, they were not, you know, Hall of Fame material. I, yeah. I don't think Gordon's gonna ever be Hall of Fame material. Uh, but I mean, he, he was, he, he had a great year. Now, you're in Kansas City, which is of course Missouri. What are your thoughts on Pujols leaving? When, when it first happened, you you expressed some Schadenfreude to me uh, in email. So, 
maybe expand on that. Yeah, no, I it, since he was, I, I felt some, you know, I, I like Pujols because I mean, he's, he's what a, what a great player. Yeah. Um, he, um, you know, spent uh, you know he went to went to high school at Fort Osage High School in Independence, Missouri, and um, he went to, went to college for one year, I think, in in I had a Kansas City school, a, a community college. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Pujols, I mean, since I, you know, he, he was from, you know, g- you know, generally the, the Kansas City area. Uh, well, he's not from here, but you know, he spent some time here. I, I, I liked him for that reason. And then he, you know, he's a cardinal, which um, Kansas City and St. Louis get along, you know, about the same way as, uh, as, as you know, Boston and New York, uh, except for we're not. <laughs> You know, we're, we we don't play each other as much. Yeah. The the two the two towns just don't like each other. So the fact that he left, I would have rather have seen him go to the Cubs, so he could punish St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. But you know, just leaving, I guess, was good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it must be weird because it's like up until the Red Sox started winning, like the last uh, ten years or whatever, it was like they were always kind of shit on by the Yankees because they won all the time. I can see how it would be similar in that respect. Right, yeah, no, I mean, because the Royals, all we have <laughs> to rub in St. Louis' face is 1985. I don't know what it is with St. Louis. I was talking about this with, I think, Kimball. It's like, they, somehow they find a way to, like, stumble into world championships. Right, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, well, the, the, I think the last couple of, couple of World Series that they, that they won, it's like, nobody expected St. Louis. No, nah, not at all. Not, yeah, no, and then all of a sudden, boom, here, here they are. Yeah, it's insane, so... It's frustrating. Yeah, it's like, and, and it's really annoying here in Missouri because people who are diehard Royals fans and people who really don't give a crap about baseball, all of a sudden when St. Louis wins the World World Series, everybody's wearing Cardinals gear. <laughs> it's like, you know, people, it's, it's like the Kansas Jayhawks, okay? Missourians hate the Jayhawks. It goes all the way back to the Civil War. <laughs> we have this blood hatred for the for the state of Kansas, and here they are in the national championship game. And I see people walk around campus with uh, with with KU jerseys on, and uh, uh, I don't want to be arrested, so I haven't punched anybody yet. But tomorrow might be a different story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. They're not looking too good in that game tonight, so we shall see. Yeah, yeah. So you may get your just dessert, just desserts, or whatever. You know, you may get the last laugh here on this one. Well, yeah, except for the fact that my uh, my, my team, the uh, the Missouri Tigers, uh, the arch rival of the Kansas Jayhawks, uh, lost in the uh, first round of the <laughs> first round of the NCAA tournament. I know, I had them in the final four. Hey, me too. They, they crushed me. So what's now? You worked at the stadium for a while, and I, we've heard your no hitter story, and we heard about your run in with uh, the guy from Happy Days. But but what you know, regale us with you know maybe the strangest story or. Or the weirdest, or or you know, a story that stands out from your days working at the uh, at the stadium. It was Kauffman Stadium, right? Right, yeah. Kauffman Stadium uh, was was Royal Stadium back at the time before it was before Mr. K died. Um, yeah, wow. Working working at the stadium, uh, I don't know. There were just, for some odd reason, girls are really really turned on by by peanut vendors. Really? Yeah. Or maybe it was just me. No, let's just say it was just me. Interesting. Yeah. So no, you get a lot of phone numbers as a food vendor, which is pretty cool. Um, wow. Uh, no, weird story. No, I just one of the things that uh, that that nothing's going to be Ralph Mouth, but one of the things I really uh, enjoyed doing was eating jalapenos on the job whenever I served nachos, because my my ability to uh, to withstand uh, 
searing pain from from spicy foods is, is pretty high. And people would ask if the, if the jalapenos were hot, and I'd just grab a handful and shove them in my mouth, and I'd be fine. And so they'd order them, and and uh, next time I'd be down that aisle, they'd be looking at me with a red face and say, "You son of a bitch." <laughs> Of course, then their buddies would tip me, tip me well. That's how you got all those numbers. Yeah, exactly. Chicks were impressed. Tolerance to jalapenos. No, I think the uh, it wasn't when I was when I was a uh, when I was a vendor that, that I actually that I actually ran into somebody. I, I ran into Sam Donaldson at a Royals game. The newscaster. The newscaster, and it, this was back uh, before um, um, David Glass bought the team, and it was. Um, uh, a group. There was some sort of a group ownership holding it till they could find an owner. And and I was I was shooting um, photographs that day, and I was in the photo bay, and Sam Donaldson was there with a with a with a TV camera. And all these photographers are like whispering, like, "Oh, what's Sam Donaldson doing here? What's he doing here?" And then um, I even asked somebody, and they're like, "Hell, I don't know." And I, I turned around and said, "Hey, Sam, what are you doing here?" <laughs> And he said something about, you know, oh, I was working on a business story about, about the Royals and how unique, uh, unique, unique this situation is. And he was all smiles and toupee. And, uh, next day I watched the news and it was a total slam piece. Oh, man. What a So, uh, Sam Donaldson's a lying bastard. Yeah. What a you jerk. heard it here first. And, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm invoking fair comment and criticism. That's just <laughs> my opinion. Sam Donaldson cannot sue me and win now. <laughs> I'd be thrilled if he was listening. It's going to be like, what? what is this? Why did I bring up Sam Donaldson if I didn't know he was listening? He's, he's a big BOA baseball uh, baseball fan. <laughs> he's going to show up next year to challenge you. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're like, I always imagine these things, a lot of rats there in the stadium. Rats? Yeah. Uh, no, never saw a rat. Oh, weird. I figured they would be because all the food, you know, like uh, Charlotte's Web when the rat sings. Yeah, no, there probably uh, <laughs> probably are plenty of rats. I just just never saw any. Uh, the, the the worst the worst thing is is people uh, whenever you're at the ballpark only buy prepackaged food. I heard about that. I, I there was like a ESPN special report on like the food issues at these places and how they're kind of like on you know. Well, just a, a few personal examples, and since I was like 18 years old, and the statute of limitations, statute of limitations is totally gone by now. I was, uh, you know, working a doubleheader, mm-hmm. and it was like in the, it was in the 90s, and um, I was I was vending nachos. Why I didn't pick Coke, I have no freaking idea. <laughs> but I was walking around with this heavy metal basket uh with with steaming cheese anyway i i set the set the tray down and opened up the cheese and and all the steam hits me and all the sweat rolls off my face into the cheese and oh. what the hell am i going to do go back and get more cheese no i just stirred the sweat in you got to at that point you have to you have to and uh there was uh, there were a, a couple of times uh, this happened when i was vending coke i you know noticed that there was something floating in the coke, so I I stopped and I put my coke down where nobody could see me on the on the concourse behind a pole, and I opened up the lid and there was a fly floating in the top of the coke, so I oh. pushed it out and put the lid back on. Oh God, horror stories, folks. These are. <laughs> and the sad thing is, is I'm I wouldn't do that sort of thing, but 18 year old me sure as heck would. Yeah, it's 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 freaky, but not surprising. I guess is the best way to put it. You know, you try not to think about it. 
That's why you have to consume a lot of alcohol, because you're like, uh, you know, who knows what's in these nachos. That's why I said prepackaged stuff. Get some beer and some peanuts, and you're good. There you go. Exactly. All right. Are you ready to uh, defend your title here with some predictions? Absolutely. All right. We'll start in the American League East. Who you got? Uh, I, you know, I usually I'm going to pick the Yankees just because they're the, they're the Yankees, and, and the Yankees, you know, have a habit of winning things. But uh, I hate the freaking Yankees, uh, and I'm sorry I can't go to Boston. I got I got to pick the Devil Rays. Well, okay. they're not the Devil Rays anymore, are they? The, the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, they're just the Rays. All right, that's a safe choice and good choice as well. So I have no qualms with that. I haven't made my picks yet, so I'm still up in the air on a lot of these. Well, you're, this, this is it. You're taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've been pretty diverse so far, so we're, we're, we're in good shape. All right, then in the, uh, in the central. Um, gosh, uh, probably, uh, I just went off on this tear about how much I don't like the Cardinals, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the Reds. Oh, no, we're talking American League Central. Oh, American League. That's right. I don't know where we're going. The Central, got to go with Detroit. Yeah. They're, they're, they really, uh, you know, it's a, it's a toss-up, though. You never know with this. With the, they're going to have a rough infield with the, with those two, with those two brutes playing first and third. But I think they'll be okay. Yeah, they, they've, they've got enough talent. I, I think, um, Gosh, I hate to say this. I hate to say this. I'm I'm gonna uh, the Royals. I, I think are probably gonna finish in the middle of the pack, um, which is an improvement over the past 15 years. Right, right. They can get as high as third, I think. Yeah, so I, I think if they, if they're floating anywhere near 500, uh, I mean, it's kind of kind of kind of sad. But the entire town here in, in Kansas City is gonna be giddy. <laughs> All right, and then the American League West. Uh, the Angels. All right. And then, as you know, they've added an extra wild card, and, and uh, per the rules of the of the baseball prediction contest, after much consultation and consideration uh, for the wild card, obviously you have to pick two because now there's two wild cards, but they're not weighted, so you know it's you can flip flop them as they come along. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You still have to be like, well, this guy's gonna, they're going to get the first wild card, they're going to get the second. Doesn't matter. So. All right. So two wild cards, Yankees. Texas Rangers. All right. Sounds good. Very definitive on your part. I like this. This is the attitude of a champion, my friends. That's right. It's cut spot. That's right. All right. National League East. Uh, Philadelphia. All right. Uh, it's, I mean, it's just like picking the Yankees. You got to almost, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then in the Central. Well, and this is where I was uh, going earlier. I was I really, really want to pick the Cardinals, but just pain in the pit of my stomach. I'm going to go with the, with the Reds. All right. They're due for a resurgence after their uh, big year a few years ago. And that's a wide open division, too, because they lost a lot of key people in there. Pujols, uh, Prince Fielder, and Tony La Russa, So, Right. And the National League West. Um, Arizona. All right. Nice, nice. And then who do you have uh, for the two wild cards? Uh, the Marlins and the Giants. All right, nice. These are solid picks. I'm very impressed. 
All right. And then uh, coming out of the American League, who's going to get the American League pennant, you think? Well, I, no, I'm just going back with the solid picks, man. I won, I won last year. It's not like I'm going to come out and pick Baltimore <laughs> and, you know, and the Astros. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. Uh, I'm sorry. Who's what was the question? Who, who do you have coming out of the American League? Who's gonna Who's gonna take the American League pennant? Um, Los Angeles, the Angels. All right, and then on the National League side, I'm gonna go with the Philadelphia Phillies. All right, that'll be a hell of a showdown if that happens. That would be a lot of fun. And so, who do you have coming out of it all? Who do you have winning the whole thing? The um, I. I'm an American League guy. I got to go with the Angels. All right, sounds good. Yeah, this is. I think this this is going to be quite the year for us. This is, all the I don't think anyone's picked universally the same across the board. Last year we had a lot of similar picks, so it's going to be a good year. All right, so those are your picks. We'll put them in the vault and see if you can become a two-time defending champion. No one's ever done it back to back, so could be. Yeah, that's because I hadn't done it once. Oh. Yeah. Throw it down right here on BOA. Wow, the boldness, folks. All right, so that's the baseball talk. Uh, I, I guess, actually, yeah, they haven't heard. They don't know this yet, but you'll be appearing on BOA Audio soon uh, with a new conversation, two and a half hours of uh, discussion on some of the weirdest stories that you've covered at your blog. So that's coming up in a few weeks on BOA Audio. But what else is going on for you? Any uh any books coming out? Any uh, stuff you want to plug? Uh, well, I just no, I, I don't have uh, I don't have a uh, anything paranormal coming out right now, um, other than, uh, than than my blog. And uh, by the way, that I, I absolutely loved the the topic you picked the you know the best stories from 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 the shadows. Uh, I hadn't sat down in, at an interview, I don't think, and, and talked about that many diverse things in one sitting. Yeah, it's quite the conversation. I can't wait for people to hear it because uh, we covered so much weird stuff in there that uh, I think it's going to be. I think people are going to really love it. So that's something for them to look forward to in the next few weeks. Yeah, so that, that's what uh, I've got. Uh, you know, right now I'm I'm, I'm working on uh, work, working on some humor projects, and uh, um, I had uh, yeah started uh, started a novel novel last November, and I'm. Uh, getting close to 60,000 words. I got a goal of around, uh, around 90. So, uh, within the next couple of months, I should be done with that. And I'll put it in a drawer for a while and let it ferment. There you go. Yeah. And come back to it and see how it looks. Exactly. Awesome. Well, as always, it's been great talking to you, Jason. Thanks for coming back on the baseball special. Congrats on your 2011 win. Best of luck in 2012, of course. And, uh, even though I already talked to you, I'll be talking to you in a few weeks for, uh, a full-length BOA audio paranormal session. So can't wait for that one. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait. Hope the hope the audience likes it. And and you know that my 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 championship, Tim. You really ought to start thinking about about certificates. I'll give it some thought. Would mount that on the wall. Uh, just today, uh, the university where I work, they had a mandatory. Um, uh, um, sexual harassment class that everybody had to take, and, and you get like you a, thing. a test. That if you pass the test, you got a certificate with your name on it that says, you know, sexual harassment. And I'm like, yes, that's got to go on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this will be our fifth year, so maybe, maybe once we crown the fifth champion, then I'll turn around and issue certificates to all the previous champions as well. We'll definitely, we'll grandfather it in. We'll bring in, we'll, we'll make sure everybody gets them for all previous champions as well. So. All right. It's in the mail. 
Yeah, if Kimball wins, you've got to put an asterisk next to his name. Or I'll just put a Canadian flag on there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Next time you talk to him, the next time you have him on the show, ask him about poteen. Po- what's what's poteen? It is a uh, Canadian delicacy. Oh, bl- oh, Putin. Well, I, I don't know. A guy from Ontario told me. A friend of mine told me it was poteen. I've always heard it pronounced Putin. It's like a well, weird sauce you put on like French fries, right? It's, it's beef gravy that you pour over French fries and cheese curds. It's delicious. Oh, it's absolutely yeah, absolutely. And I, I had a stomachache for three days. <laughs> Because you ate too much. Well, I, I went. I went to Ontario last uh, last summer, and and I bought some because I was told uh, by my Canadian buddy that you have to try it. And uh, no, I ate half a serving, and <laughs> oh no, it was just miserable. Oh no, but it tasted great. It is quite good. Oh boy. <laughs> and on that note, it's been great talking to you, buddy. And uh, I'll be in touch. No worries about that. And thanks again for coming back on the show. Awesome, Tim. Always a pleasure. You're listening to the Null of America Audio. Continuing onward here with the 2012 BOA Audio Baseball Special, we're welcoming back our longtime friend of the program. He is, of course, an icon in the world of cryptozoology, the man behind the International Cryptozoology Museum in Portland, Maine, and a diehard Boston Red Sox fan and a personal good friend of mine, Lauren Coleman, welcome back to BOA Audio for the baseball special. It's good to be back, and it's always good to talk about baseball because it gives us hope it's actually spring. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Now, uh, you know, just to bring people up to speed, we talked last November. You guys were moving to the uh, the new location for the International Cryptozoology Museum. So I guess, you know, tell us how that move went and give us a little update on what you've been up to since then. Well, the move went fine. Uh, we're now a nonprofit. We moved from a space that was about 500 square feet to a space that's six times as large and has uh, two enormous rooms that we've curated and then has great light and all of that. And we're also opening on Mondays now. We used to be closed on Mondays, so we're only closed one day a week on Tuesday. So that's actually helped us get in a lot of people because I don't know how it is in your town, but... In Portland, there's a lot of museums and other galleries and different things that are closed on Monday, so we're actually getting a lot more people uh, than we thought we would. So it's it's been quite quite good, and then we're getting a, more and more, uh, you know, art donations and taxidermy donations because we have more sp- space to fill. So that's been great. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, sounds like it's been an overall resounding success. So yeah, and we're actually just. On April 28th, we're actually going to do a slideshow on the Dover Demon from Dover, Massachusetts. It's the 35th anniversary of the Dover Demon case, so we're having a night of it at the museum for a little benefit. Awesome. That's Saturday, April 28th. I may try and make it up there for that. That sounds cool. Yeah, it's Atlas Obscura Day around the world, and we're one of the 80 sites that have been picked to to have a special event. Very nice. Very nice. So the baseball season, it has begun. We're talking the day after uh, opening day, although who knows with the way baseball is. They had an opening day in Japan like a week ago, so I don't even keep track of these things anymore. But uh, at the risk of of belaboring uh, what happened last year or even uh, yesterday's opening day, let's get sort of an overall thoughts here on the Red Sox season as it begins, because Kimball's abandoned us. He's not even, he's, he's given up already on the Red Sox, so it's just you and me left, I think. 
Oh, really? Well, I, I do think that if we look at the Red Sox uh, and project them into the end of the season, I think the beginning is going to be very rocky. Of course, the bullpen with Bailey going down with the injury and, and Beckett maybe having a thumb problem. I'm, I'm really worried about the pitching, as we have to always worry. Uh, so that's a real problem, and I think people are going to be – ready to jump off bridges in the Boston area because it's going to look pretty bad. But there is a new motivator. There's Bobby Valentine. He's He's got a lot of energy. He jumps up and down. He dances around. He, You know, he has a lot of things going for him that I think the team needs after such a, a horrible finish. And I think, really, one of the things that people are, are somewhat overlooking is that Bobby Valentine, spent six years in Japan, learned the language, has a real understanding for the Japanese culture and how to do it, uh, and how to motivate in a very Buddhist sort of way. And I've always felt that one of the things that I really love about baseball is there really is a zen of baseball. There's a certain flow of the game. There's a certain, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about how it's the, the one game that doesn't have a time limit or a clock. And, and there's something about it that I think Bobby Valentine could really mix well with that. And, and the secret weapon, I think, at the end of the season for the Red Sox will be Dice K coming back. And Dice K working with the manager that really understands him and Bobby Valentine. So I, I figured Dice K for 10, at least 10 games, winning 10 games at the end, which will sort of uplift the team at a time when a lot of people often give up on them. And I, and I'm going to make a bold prediction. I think Adrian Gonzalez is going to be the MVP for the year. Wow. In the American, in the American League. And, and I see the, the Red Sox not exactly falling completely down, but everybody's saying, are they going to be the fourth, you know, the fourth team down in the, the American League East? But I think they will be the new wild card team at the end of the season. Yeah, I have a so, feeling they'll be you know, that they'll, okay. They'll get it together enough not to be the regular wild card, but they'll, they'll be the new one. And, and so to, in some ways they'll redeem themselves because last year, if this new wild card would have been into play, they would actually been that new wild card because they were only one game out from the regular regular wild card. So, and I don't see the Rays coming in. I don't see uh, Toronto. I think Toronto's got a, a really well well managed team with John Farrell, but I don't really see them picking it up. Uh, I think the the fielding, believe it or not, will be the the downfall of the Rays. I just don't see the fundamentals there with the people that they've got going huh, interesting. Uh, and and so i if you want my picks now for the american league or we'll get we'll get to them in just a moment don't worry okay but so the red sox uh i think an exciting team they're going to of course being being from new england here I, i'm definitely going to be for them but i don't really see them going all the way but i do see them at least having some achievement um but i think they'll do better than the cubs <laughs> So Theo can, Theo can go to Chicago and we'll still do fine. <laughs> I just can't wait to see what kind of crazy big signing he tries to make over there that'll blow up in his face. Oh goodness! Now yeah. speaking of uh, big signings, you know you're you're like me. You sort of you follow the ebb and flow of uh, of the off season as well. What do you think of these big moves? You know, Pujols he leaves uh, St. Louis, he goes to L.A. and Prince Fielder now in Detroit. I mean, these were kind of seismic. Uh, shifts as far as uh, big-time players moving around. 
Yeah, I, I think that if we want to stay in the American League and, and look at some of these, Prince Fielder at the Tigers is really going to help them. I think uh, he's going to be uh, a, sort of a linchpin in, in them getting it going. Yeah. They were, I think they'll, they'll win the Central. I think that they'll do really fine. Pujols uh, with C.J. Wilson at the Angels will push them up better than they had. But the, the secret... There is also this uh, slugger named Mark Trumbull at the Angels. I okay. think him and him and Weaver and Pujols and CJ and Pujols, of course, putting him into putting the King into any lineup then makes the guys around you better because people pitch to him differently. But I think the the Rookie of the Year actually will be someone that that was a very very big signing, which is this Hugh Dervish. The, the pitcher for the Rangers. Yeah. And so I think that he will actually help the Rangers stay in contention like they always have been. But even more so, he's just going to, it, it's sort of what happens whenever you have the first year of a, a Japanese pitcher. People really don't know what to make of him, and there's lots of strikeouts. Happened with Daisuke, happened with Nomo, you know, different people like that. So I think that uh, he certainly is going to, to be very successful. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. It's it's a strange sort of uh, American League this year. There's about six teams, it seems, that are sort of uh, in the mix for only five spots. So it's still yeah, the same yeah. old story. That, but uh, the other teams around the Red Sox got a lot better. You know, the Angels yeah. are right back in it, and Detroit really solidified themselves. So and it's, the, it's the Yankees added uh, the Pena guy from, uh, I think he's from Seattle, um, yeah, but that's turning out to be kind of a disaster so far. I'm sure he'll turn it around, but... Yeah, yeah, they kind of should have seen that because he does get tired late in the season. But, see, the the hidden factor for the Yankees, I think because they have so much money and they're not away, afraid to pay the penalties, that they always find a way to, you know, fall down and then get up. Right. Uh, the, uh, but the, the Yankees are getting old, so they've got to do something about that. But, of course, they're not afraid to uh, to get rid of catchers and bring new ones in and stuff like that. So they definitely uh, are, are kind of a new era of Yankees, which they're trying to grow out of that. But, uh, you know, there's there's going to be surprises in the American League, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. A lot of people are bullish on Toronto, but, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes for them. It's uh, yeah. it'll be interesting. What did you think of uh, as I said, you know, you follow the ebb and flow and, and all this stuff. What do you think of the new stadium down there in Miami? Looks kind of nice, although I don't know about that eyesore in the outfield. Yeah, well, I think that knowing Miami, uh, I, it looks like it's more a psychological projection of the owner. I mean, I thought the whole opening day ceremony with Muhammad Ali was. You know, I respect him, and I think he's a great man, and all of that, and politically even. And but how they kind of carted him out there, and his Parkinson's and everything. There's almost like a spectacle underpinning to the the Marlins that they've got to get over that, and they've got to get down to solid playing. And so there's all of this business about the dancers and the ceremony and the the big thing out in the middle. I mean, I I really do like what. The White Sox have always done with the, every time there's a home run, there was fireworks going off. That's a really old tradition, but to see that thing, I mean, I haven't seen it gone off, go off yet because the Marlins haven't hit a home run as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, 
But I actually, um, I wanted to speak up about the Oreos. I think that okay. the um, one of the exciting things for people from Portland, Maine, is that their new utility infielder, Ryan Flaherty, is exactly the same generation of my oldest son who works for the Red Sox at Nesson. Malcolm is my son. And Ryan Flaherty and he were in the same, you know, Little League, American League, oh, wow. uh, high school baseballs, two different high schools. And then uh, Malcolm played baseball at Brandeis and uh, Ryan played at Vanderbilt, a uh, Division One school, and has had quite a lot of success. And then it was a Rule 5 uh, draft from the Cubs to the Oreos, so it's very exciting for a lot of us on the East Coast that are from Maine. You know, we're very much for the Red Sox, and there's, of course, even some Yankees fans. Not too many fa Mets fans. But then also people will be watching the Orioles because it is interesting and nice to see somebody that you know locally and has been kind of famous locally. His father was uh, is actually a, the local university baseball coach and played in the World Series in the I think it was in the 80s for the University of Maine. So that kind of homeboy makes good. Uh, and Charlie Furbish also, uh, who I think got put down by the, you know, to uh, minor leagues because of the, it's too crowded in Seattle or something. But, nice. but it is interesting to see all of these, uh, you know, people that you actually coached or played with or, you know, helped, uh, you know, fundraise for they're now in the major leagues, and that's just kind of it's just very strange feeling. Yeah, yeah, it must be kind of odd. Yeah, it's pretty cool though. It's always you know adds an extra dimension to uh, to to the game when you know someone out there. Right, and for my son in the media now, he says it's a you know be very interesting to you know get interviews with some of these people when they come to town, and they used to play with them in high school, and now I. Now they're in the majors. Yeah, yeah, that's strange, like crossing of the path. Right. What do you think of the uh, the sale of the Dodgers? Of the outrageous uh, over two billion, unbelievable price. Oh yeah, unbelievable, and uh, you know, very Magic Johnson-ish. Uh, it seemed like he always got to be the, the front guy, but there was lots of people involved in that, and it just seemed like a you know, the whole thing about the divorce and the, you know which way it was going and different things like that. Uh, and and the team's not really that good. I mean, that you know, Matt Kemp had got MVP and all of that, but the team itself I just don't see going anywhere this year. And so I hope that all of those people that put all that money into the team also eventually do something with their money to, to make the team a little bit better. Um, right, right. Remind me a little bit of the Cubs, how they got sold and they haven't really turned it around yet, and you're kind of still waiting to see what the hell they're going to do to rebuild or, or what. So. Right, right. Um, I think one of the teams out on the West Coast got a little bit better, though, with uh, the, the San Francisco Giants, Milky Cabrera coming to their team. You know, it was a solid acquisition in the off season, and, and I think that's that's a good move on their part that will keep them really uh, up there as far as a, a a team that I've seen sort of fading. And of course, we got you know the Red Sox got one of their uh, their players, so that that's always helpful to the Red Sox. But the Giants Giants really are going to be in there and. Uh, I think it's going to look like a lot of familiar teams coming out of the National League, you know, Philadelphia and the Brewers and, and St. Louis and all of those. But the, the surprise one that I I really decided in the last few days, I've, I've gone back and forth on who's going to be the, the best 
team coming out of, as far as the best team, I mean, the one that's going to go through the the playoffs and come out in the World Series. I think the surprise team is going to be Arizona. Um, I think that, uh, you know, Ian Kennedy had a, a breakout year last year, winning 21 and, and 4, but uh, both, you know, all of those kinds of uh, players on that team are almost like, because we're interested in the American League out here and we talk about the Red Sox, we kind of ignore what's happening in the National League in the West. Yeah. And it's almost as if they're a, um, almost like a factory team, very working class, very, you know, it seems like there's no celebrities on that team. But I think the driving force between the, behind the Arizona Diamondbacks is really their manager, Kurt Gibson. Yeah. And I, I think that, there's something in him. There's sort of a very much a fire in the belly that he's going to bring them back to a place of of being in the World Series. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's it's weird this all season too. Uh, to get back to the Red Sox, like this may be one of the first times in a while that I've really felt particularly old because you know they, Wakefield leaves, veritex has gone, the right. general manager, the manager's gone. It's like even even Heidi Watney left us. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, the other thing that I've noticed, because I, I follow their minor league farm teams too, yeah. is that Rich Gedman is working his way up as a manager through the minor leagues. Um, Rich Gedman is, I think, the manager of a, uh, a single-A team now. And uh, I believe his son is in the system too. So it's it's kind of very bizarre to hear Gedman's name, yeah. Rich Gedman, and and so I I mean I already know I'm old, but I certainly know regarding baseball. If if Wakefield leaves, uh, of course there is Jamie Moyers coming back at forty nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe some of these people will come back. You know, who knows? But it is funny how the Red Sox team was. You almost knew they had to leave. You know, the Veritech and. And Wake, you know, Wake and Tech really needed to leave, but there was too much sentimentalness. And mm. it's almost, it had to, last year had to happen to really break through to a new era for the Red Sox. Right, right. It and seemed that so way, that, yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, even Mark McGuire is back with the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, things are cha- strange, you know, basically <laughs> in the baseball world. Uh, and and one yeah one final uh, sort of baseball news. How do you think this is going to shake out with the uh, the Hall of Fame vote uh, next winter? This is the the big ballot that everyone's sort of been waiting for. Clemens is on it. Bonds is on it. You think it's just going to be a complete repudiation of these guys? I think that for the first round, the whole steroid era is going to get a big no. Uh, I think that there's a lot of old writers that have votes, and they've already sort of painted themselves in a corner. Uh, a few years ago when they said, I'm not going to vote for Clemens. I'm not going to vote for Bonds. And I think it's going to have to go through some healing and some distance in time. But for this first round, I don't think you're going to see a lot of those guys that were connected to the steroid are being voted in. I mean, I could be wrong, but uh, I just don't see a Clemens or a, a, you know, Barry Bonds going into the Hall of Fame right off the bat. Yeah. It would just be uh, a repudiation of, of too many people who 
you know, have investigated that and, and done all of it. I don't think people like the commissioner too much, and I don't think it's really about, you know, management versus labor, but it's almost as if there's a, a bruise on baseball that needs to heal, and then once it heals, uh, then some of those people will go in, and we'll start looking at, at just what they did. I mean, Bonds had a great career long before the steroid era, and if he, if we look at Barry Bonds on his total career, I think you could probably say, just like Babe Ruth was an alcoholic and a, a philanderer. I mean, you know, there's lots of different, if we look back, there's was lots of different enhancements, you know, amphetamines or, uh, you know, the pitchers that pitched when they were on cocaine or on, uh, you know, on LSD and yeah. different things like that. So every era has had different things. It's just that for right now, we're still in saying no to drugs by saying no to steroids kind of thing. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'll see, it'll be interesting because it, eventually it has to sort of uh, settle itself, I guess, you know, sort and of I, uh, I write think, itself. I, I think if you look at uh, what's happened with Ryan Braun and, and how his drug test was overturned and that was the first one, it's almost as if that was kind of a signal. It's going to be treated a little bit differently. There's going to be more of a – that would have been a very big embarrassment to baseball to have the MVP, uh, you know, kicked out for 50 games because of a drug test that may or may not have been – well, according to him, it was definitely wrong. So, uh, uh, But, you know, I, I know that within all of these different drugs that they do take or the different uh, attempts to heal with – uh, some things that weren't even illegal, and then they were declared illegal. It almost feels like you can't really blame some of these people for trying to to be uh, Olympic athletes and try everything they could to be, you know, come down from Mount Olympus when, in fact, then you make up rules that they're illegal. So right. I think it's been very confusing especially even for writers, uh, some of the baseball writers that are not medical doctors. And so they're very much going on a popular cultural reaction to steroids, and, and that's going to get in the way of, of any kind of real assessment on an individualized basis of these players. Exactly. All right. Are you ready for predictions? You've been, sure. you've been fired up about these. He's been sending yeah, me emails, but... folks, uh, with his <laughs> predictions. And then I... Try to figure it out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, been a struggle uh... for me as well. Um, all right, we'll start in our, our turf here, the American League East. Okay, American League East, I think the Yankees are going to be number one. They're going to win the division. And here again, I think they're going to falter in the middle, and their their money is going to come into play, and they're really going to pull this out. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about them this year. They look they look kind of decrepit, but they just they always find a way. So it's it's yeah. frustrating like that. Uh, in the central, Tigers, Tigers. I think uh, you got a solid team this year. Uh, Verlander and Prince Fielder. It's just two of the many people on that team that you can really talk about. So I think it's the Tigers for the central. Do you foresee a turnaround for Minnesota? They're going to get back in this, you think? Because they were awful no. last year. Yeah, I think they're going to be awful again. I think that, uh, you know, they're, they've got real good basic, uh, dynamics and practice and all of that, but it's not going to help them this year. Yeah. All right. In the West? In the West, I think it's the Rangers. This will be, uh, 
they've had back-to-back World Series appearances, but it's not going to get them to the World Series, but it's going to get them the win in the other uh, division. So I think they're going to win the West. Okay. And then in the uh, the two wild cards, and I'll point out for the predictions contest, they're not weighted. So, it's you know, you can, they can flip-flop for the predictions right. contest. Yeah. Well, I think the regular wild card is, is going to be the Angels. I think the Angels are going to do very well with their kind of reinvigorated team. So they're going to come through. And then in the new wild card, the, the you know, the one that will be, uh, that'll be the Red Sox. I yeah. think the Red Sox will barely pull it out. They won't be able to beat out uh, as far as the record-wise or Angels, but they're going to be able. The problem with that then uh, is a creation. Uh, if you know about the new wild card, they will be the ones that will have to fly out to the West Coast, right. play one game, and then if they have to come back into the, you know, they'll have to fly to the other side of the country. So it's it's problematic to be the new wild card because you'll be uh, you'll be exhausted after playing that one game. Right, right. I have and a feeling. They, oh, go ahead. Uh, they squeezed it in this year, so they didn't really give themselves time for the schedule. I think in the future they'll be, they'll put an extra day around it, but yeah. this year it's going to be coast to coast travel and overnight. I can see on one side or the other. Uh... One of those wild card teams, though, making making a sh- maybe a short run to to the championship round. Seems like yep. that's the way yeah, baseball. Yeah, let me tell the ACL. Yep. Uh, we'll we'll get to that. We'll do the National okay, League next. Right. We'll build okay, it up. National and the National the Nas- League East. Good. National League East is Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia is a solid team. Good pitching. Good hitting. Uh, they're going to come through again. Yeah, I'm thinking rebound year for them because they had a lot of expectations. So I feel like they're they're kind of going to get it together this year. Right. Uh, in the Central? Uh, Central, Milwaukee. Milwaukee, despite their loss, they've got uh, Amelis uh, Ramirez and Braun and Corey Hart and Ricky Weeks. All of those guys will be a solid team. And and I think the, just like in, uh, you know, the Central is very weak yeah. in the National League and the Cubs and none of those teams are going to really be able to knock off the Brewers. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty uh, decrepit uh, league going on right now. And in the uh, National League West, Arizona, I think Arizona is yep. going to come out come out of that in really good shape. Okay, they're going to. I I see them as the team that's going to have the best uh, last third of the season. Okay, interesting, nice. Uh, just a real surprise team. This has been a great conversation. You're so specific on this stuff. I, I <laughs> you give me all kinds of things to look for now. <laughs> After, after this conversation. Um, okay, so the two wild cards then. The wild card, the regular wild card, I think, uh, St. Louis. St. Louis is real solid. David Fries and Vato, you know, they're, they're great players that are going to, and Fries, he had such a good World Series. I think he's really pretty high on himself. And that confidence is really important to players. And, uh, I mean, I, I watched him in the, the one game that I watched him, uh, you know, from the National League, the, the Marlins versus St. Louis, and David Fries was doing it all over again. So I think he's the regular wild card. The St. Louis is a regular wild card. Okay, and the new wild card? The new wild card, San Francisco. San Francisco uh, will just barely do it. I mean, I, this for me was a toss-up between the Braves and San Francisco. Uh, I can really understand why some people might pick the Braves, but I'm just going to go with San Francisco because I uh, just a gut feeling. Okay. Yeah, it was tough this year. I, I think we'll be 
devoid of all the ties, though, because everybody seemed to go in different directions uh, in the predictions. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Okay, so then who do you have taking the uh, the American League pennant? Well, I've got uh, the Yankees versus the Boston Red Sox in that, and I I think the Yankees will come out. I think there's just too many uh, quicksand moments in the Red Sox dugout, uh, you know, in bullpen. I mean, mm-hmm. to uh, to really get them, they'll get them to the American League Championship Series, but Yankees, I think the Yankees will go on to the World Series. And they will be facing? Uh, the Philadelphia versus Arizona in the National League Championship Series. They'll have to do that at the end, and then it'll be Arizona. So I think the World Series will be the Yankees versus Arizona in a 2001 revisitation of that World Series. And coming out of it will be Arizona. I think they'll surprise everyone. Uh, like I said, I think they're really going to have an upswing at the end of the season. And so I see Arizona winning the World Series and, and happily, uh, everybody will run around the bases imitating Kirk Gibson doing his home run uh, <laughs> with his, with his fist going backwards. So yeah, I think, uh, Arizona will be that. It'll be a series in which with the Yankees and Arizona in it, nobody will want to watch <laughs> New England, New England. <laughs> Uh, you know, we'll sure. watch baseball just because it's baseball. Absolutely, yeah. All right, well, those are the predictions. We will put them in the vault and uh, okay. take, right, a, take a look at them at the end of the year. And, you know, speaking of uh, the rest of the year, what's what's up for you? Uh, we talked about the April 28th event at the uh, the ICM. Anything else going on you want to mention, uh, new books or uh, new events or anything? Well, I'm always trying to write books, but that's that's always uh, – I'm having so much fun doing other things that sometimes the books are – and then I'm writing the Crypto Mundo blog, you know, daily. Yep. Uh, but actually, my my next fall, and it's going to be unfortunate because it's going to be during the super playoff times, but uh, for a week I'm going to – I've been invited to Paris, France, to give a cryptozoological talk at a Fortean conference, and then uh, there's a UFO uh, special French luncheon I've been invited to talk about the role of cryptozoologists versus uh, ufologists in chupacabras and investigations and other, uh, you know, sort of borderline cryptozoological investigations. It'll be a, a fun talk because, of course, the uh, ufologist there will just trust that a cryptozoologist is speaking to them. But, uh, of course, my first book with Jerome Clark was on looking at a, a, a Jungian point of view of ufology so i can always throw that at him nice (laughs) but in between uh you know i'll be uh, speaking in michigan and traveling around and going to different places i oftentimes get speaking engagements and then i i try to be at any one place a little bit longer so i can make them into mini expeditions uh, and and different things like that trying to get it out in the field and like i did the uh the uh, 14-day road trip last year, 3,000 miles. I covered all of the Midwest and the East, investigating uh, old cases from the 70s to sort of revisit things uh, and see how things are going. Awesome. Yeah, sounds good. I'm looking forward to your dispatches from Paris. They sound like it's going to be awesome. And also uh, July 13th, right, the uh, the ICM and, and the Sea Dogs, right? Right, right. Uh, the uh, the International Cryptozoology Museum is the sponsor this year for Halloween at Hadlock. 
the Portland Sea Dogs are the double A Red Sox team in Portland, Maine, and so we'll be sponsoring that night. And it's quite exciting. And what we're going to try to do and try to promote is people coming in costumes that are Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, and getting away from the vampires for one year. There you go. So Good. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> and we might have a might have you know special giveaways and different things like that too. Awesome, awesome. All right. Well, that's all the stuff to look forward to, folks. And uh, I'm looking forward to it quite a bit. And I'm sure I'll be seeing you at some point this year, if not twice. I hope so. Oh, good, Tim. I want to see you up here in Portland, Maine, and I'll show you uh, the museum and take you out to dinner. Absolutely. I can't wait to see the new digs. So thanks once again for coming back to the baseball special, and uh, we'll be in touch. Okay. Thank you, Tim. Bye-bye. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Continuing onward here with the 2012 BOA Audio Baseball Special, we're welcoming back our good friend who unfortunately missed last year's edition. But he's back this year, and he he wants to reclaim the prediction championship. He wants to reclaim the title. I'm talking about esteemed UFO researcher and historian Richard Dolan. Of course, he's the author of UFOs in the National Security State, Volume 1 and 2, as well as co-author of AD After Disclosure with Bryce Zabel. Rich, welcome back to the show. It's been too long. Hi, Tim. Yeah, I'm sorry that I missed last year, but actually, in retrospect, it's a good thing because I think my predictions would have really stunk up the joint. All right. Nice. Okay. <laughs> I was First of all, I was, I was really, really hot on the Twins once again. And uh, as I'm sure you and, and baseball fans listening know, 2011 was not a year to bet on the Twins. Yeah, not not a good year if you're a Twins no. fan at all. <laughs> Sad to say. Um, well, before we get into the baseball talk, you know, what have you been up to, you know, since the last time we chatted? I think it's been a couple of years now at this point since you've been on the program. It's over, yeah, too. Yeah, unfortunately. But what have you been up to? Well, I keep myself busy. Um, I'm working on actually two books or two or three books I guess at once um, the main the main book project I'm working on though is uh, one I'm very excited about and it will be done mid-year uh, it's mostly done now I'm calling it UFOs for the 21st century mind and honestly it's my attempt at reconfiguring ufology and the whole concept of UFOs within a modern context uh, that is an overall first look, but a first look in depth at the entire topic and all of its weirdness. Uh, I feel that the subject's long overdue for such a treatment. Nice. So it's, uh, yeah, it's got some, a lot of history, certainly a lot of politics, uh, a lot of science, uh, trying to understand uh, really, I think, every single aspect of this. I'm not certainly pretending that I've got the, the riddle solved here, but uh, I think there's a benefit in laying out methodically and clearly all of the aspects of this phenomenon in a way that people can really grasp and that will allow us to jump off into research Sounds excellent. in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Well, when that comes out in the summertime, uh, I'll definitely have you back on to talk about that because that sounds love fascinating. We'd love to. Mm-hmm. And what about the question I'm sure you get all the time? What about Volume 3 of UFOs in the National Security State? What's the status on that? That's one of the other books I'm working on. I actually wrote a good chunk of Volume 3. You know, Volume 3 seems to be the book that just gets batted around and pushed aside when I get a new project coming along. Uh, And the reason is, to be honest, Volume 3 is going to be um, at least as large as the 
uh, previous volume. It's at least a 600-page book. It's a tremendous amount of research. Um, yes, granted, the research is it, it's essentially done other than the last couple of years, but that's not really going to be too hard to get up to speed. Uh, the real issue is simply synthesizing and writing it. It's a mammoth undertaking. Um, anyone who's followed my work knows that Volume 1 took me about five years solid. Volume 2 took me really five years of solid work. I'm trying to get this third volume done as soon as I can. But when I've seen quicker projects come up, like AD with uh, Bryce, which uh, we did in less than one year time, uh, and this other book, UFOs for the 21st Century Mind, which will incorporate a, a number of things that will go into Volume 3, actually. Nice, nice. So it's not all going to be... Um, a lost cause there. I think Volume 3 is on the way, and um, it will certainly get done. Can't guarantee that it will be done at the end of this year. I would have liked for it to be done by the end of the world, December 20, <laughs> 2012, but alas. <laughs> and then the other, the other couple of things I'm doing, well, one thing that's just exciting for me is, I've, as of last week, I started hosting my own three-hour-a-week radio, internet radio show, which I call Truth Out Radio. And it's Saturday night, uh, prime time from 8 to 11 Eastern. Uh, you can link it uh, from my site at keyholepublishing.com, but it's with the Global Radio Alliance. That's the new nice. startup. They've been really nice to me. Um, and really the show, at some point I'll start having guests on, but really that's not the focus. The focus is for me to have my own platform to do my thing. Um, and we had the first week last week at went well enough. I've got some uh, new developments for the coming up uh, future weeks, and I'm, awesome. I'm very hopeful it'll be a good show. Awesome, awesome. I'll be sure to check that out and tune in. So before we uh, got kicked off here, we were talking before we started the show, you were saying uh, I think it's going to be a very interesting baseball year, and you're actually going to follow it. So uh, that was Yeah, how about that for you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I grew up as a baseball fanatic. I think like you, like all of the other uh, uh alternative research baseball experts that you've got on doing this. I'm sure we all grew up as baseball freakazoids as kids. I did. Um, I've always loved the game. I play the game as often as I can, even now, as I'm approaching the age 50, coming up this summer. So I love baseball. Um, the last couple of years, I haven't followed it quite as much. I will have to say that. Just other research, other things intervene. But really, we've got, 2012 is going to be a fascinating year for baseball. Uh, first of all, we've got this new whacked out extra playoff round, which I have to tell you I'm not very happy about. I just think it, it further dilutes the meaning of the regular season. Uh, but I guess that's par for the course with what we've had the last 20 years or so in baseball. Yeah. Um, the real issue, the real drama... And I'm not just saying this to stroke you, my man, but the real drama is going to be following the Boston Red Sox this year. I I agree. I think, uh, you know, Bobby Valentine, this guy, it's going to be every day with this guy. Oh. It's, he's. I remember Bobby V when he was managing the Mets because I, I'm a New Yorker. Uh, always follow the New York teams. Uh, not quite as much the Mets as the Yankees, admittedly. But look, when I remember when Bobby Valentine managed the Mets, and he was kind of like. Uh, you know, their version of Billy Martin. I remember Billy Martin back in the day. Bobby Valentine is a guy who's always going to bring a very high level of personal drama to the game. Now, he's a very intense guy. He was a great baseball player, by the way. He's a true baseball man, kind of like a Pete Rose type of guy. Yeah. So now he's, he's here in, 
in, uh, with the Red Sox. But the, the problem with the Red Sox, I'm not uh, the typical Yankees fan who loves to hate on the Sox. I've never been like that. Right, I've right. always been happy when the Red Sox have success. Um, I was very happy. I predicted that they were going to reverse the curse. Uh, the moment they hired the uh, statistician Bill James to be a consultant, I thought Red Sox are going to do it within five years, and they did. But here's the problem with the Red Sox. What, what was up with the team last year? I mean, they were so good, and then they sucked so hard all through September, and it wasn't just it wasn't a lack of talent because they've got the talent. They've got reams of talent. Was it that they just stopped caring? Was it that they just wanted to rock and roll all night and party every day? Well, I think maybe. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe that was their problem. So it's a discipline problem. It's a character problem. And you don't normally get in a situation where you can really, truly see this in a baseball team, but you can see it in the Red Sox. They're at ungodly levels of talent. They could win it all this year. But the but they've lost Theo Epstein. That's another real problem. They're great general manager, one of the best in the game, without question. And I just I've got to wonder. Um, the Red Sox are going to be under such a microscope, and then plus they're in the most brutally talented division in baseball because you've got the Yankees who have reloaded for another year, and the Yankees do look good. I don't I don't know if they look great, 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 but they look good. Uh, and they're certainly going to be in the mix. And then you got the Rays, who could surprise everyone and go all the way. And actually, I will just tell you, I'm rooting for the Rays. I'm not rooting for the Yankees, and I'm not rooting for the Red Sox, my man. I'm rooting for the Rays. And the reason is their salary is something like one-fourth right. the level, and they still have a good team. This is one reason I was always hot on the Twins, because they did the same thing. And I was a big fan of the Oakland Athletics when they were having their moment. That's gone. I think they got nothing left. But um, and then the other thing the Red Sox have to deal with is Toronto Blue Jays, a team that gets no respect, uh, mainly because they're a decent team, but they're in a great division. If they put the Blue Jays anywhere else, they would probably have won oh, yeah. a couple of wild card berths. They get incrementally better every year, a little bit better. They, they were very strong. So the Red Sox, um, but I think the Red Sox are at the center of the drama in the AL East, and they're really going to be fascinating to watch. Um, I'd like to see them do well, but I only want them to do well if they earn it, and by that, I just want them to play, to, to act like grown-ups rather than like little kids. Yeah. And if they can do that on the field, let them go all the way. Now, what are your thoughts on the Yankees here to start the season? What do you think of that trade they made uh, where they, they traded that really hot prospect for the uh, for the pitcher from Seattle? Oh, yeah. Um, I have to tell you the truth. When I, when I learned about that, I I had to, like, read up and think, oh, this prospect, yeah, he looks really good. So um, I don't know. I'm afraid because I think that the guy they picked up, is this pin, pin – um, Pinata, Pineda, something like that. Yeah, Pineda. Heard a show already. I know he's already on the DL. He's already crazy. So like, here we go. You've just given away this this awesome young talent, and we're gonna have five years of the DL for this guy. I'm I'm seeing. So, um, I don't know. I'm a little bit. And this is typical Yankee behavior, by the way. You get rid of your great young prospects for a guy who is really either over the hill on his way down or. Just such a wild card gamble. So, um, 
I don't know. I think the, the problem with the Yankees, they've, they've got, they've got a good, a great starting pitcher with Sabathia. Yeah. Um, Mariano Rivera, he's obviously made a pact with Satan. I know he's godly, <laughs> but I don't understand this because Rivera has no business at his age being as great as he is, but he was great again last year. So as long as Rivera is supernaturally great, the Yankees are going to be um, a threat. But the, the problem is they're getting old in, in some of the key places. Uh, Derek Jeter, I'm afraid, is going to become an embarrassment this year. Um, if his pride holds out and he doesn't allow himself to move off of shortstop, it's, it's going to get ugly. Uh, A-Rod is not the player, not anywhere near the player he used to be. Um, you still got Tejera and Cano and uh, I certainly warmed up to Granderson yeah. after he had such a good year. So they've got a very good play, uh, group of core players, and they've got good starting pitching even behind Sabathia, at least, um, let's say, decent starting pitching. So the Yankees could go. They've got a very strong team. They can still put runs up there, and um, they could they could also go all the way. But I think actually an equally uh, good team in the AL East would be the Rays. Yeah, uh, they're at about the same level. They have and a certain chemistry too that is hard to sort of match. You know, they exactly. have sort of all we're all in this together kind of thing. Well, they got young guys, and they they got young guys who are for the most part not making mega millions of dollars. Yeah. So they they've got this, uh, you know, we can we can do this attitude, and how can you not love that? Uh, it used to be year after year that the Twins were like that. I remember the uh, the Angels before they were named the ridiculous. Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. What? Oh my God. <laughs> Who's the knucklehead who came up with that? But back in those days, those Angels were a great team to watch. The Twins were a great team to watch. The, the Athletics were. Um, these small town, small market teams that find a way to be scrappy, what's not to love about them? And the Rays are the best version of that type of team in baseball today. They've got um, really a strong team that, that could go all the way. Now I was I was talking to Lauren Coleman about this, and I thought it would be a good sort of thing to ask you, since you're obviously you know really a student of history all the way around. How do you think this uh, impending Hall of Fame ballot's going to shake out here with Clemens and Bonds and those guys on it? This is sort of the, the crucial year that we're yes, looking forward I know. to. Well, my own feeling is I think both of those men deserve to be first ballot Hall of Famers. And if I were voting, I would I would put them in and just be done with it. Because the more that baseball has this Pete Rose-type nonsense where you've got an obvious, first-rate, great, heroic player, and you just keep locking him out year after year, um, I just think it's stupid, and and I just think it makes baseball look bad, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, think about Pete Rose. It's been 20, my God, over 20 years now, and there's still having this pissing contest with him, like, you're not allowed in, you're banned. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I grew up watching Pete Rose play. He was easily uh, one of the top two, three exciting players of his generation. Many would say he was the most exciting player. And he was always the guy who was the focus of attention on the field. Uh, Clemens, look, Roger Clemens was a beast throughout his entire career. And... Here's the thing about the whole issue of steroids. Bud Selig allowed all of this very, very happily to develop all through the 1990s. He didn't give a crap. No one cared. Nobody cared. Everyone knew that these players, all of them were juicing. 
and no one gave a damn because, frankly, uh, the attendance was great, and guys were hitting home runs, and that was sexy, and it was great, and everyone thought, oh, wow, how awesome. Um, everyone noticed that Barry Bonds' hat size grew about 12 sizes, and everyone noticed that Mark McGuire grew into this uh, Goliath type of human being, uh, and, and no one, beyond little whispers, they all just let it ride. And then the whole thing comes, comes crashing down, and the players who are under tremendous pressure. Look, it's easy for people like us who don't make any money to say, oh, well, he's making $20 million a year. He should know better. But, look, the thing is, for these guys who are at the top of their game, Bonds and Clements and McGuire, you're talking about world-class athletes who take a lot of pride in what they do, and they know that all these other players are juicing, uh, lesser players who are going to have better seasons than they do, because they're cheating and they're not. The entire Major League Baseball culture was infused with this type of uh, mentality. Yeah. And to, to punish these guys. And then the ultimate indignity of getting the United States Congress involved. It's just a slap in the face and an insult and an embarrassment. There's no reason Congress ever had any business getting involved in any of that nonsense. And putting people like Clemens on the stand for fear of uh, imprisonment uh, if he weren't, were not to tell the truth and essentially destroy his reputation and career for all time. Yeah. Of course the guy's not going to do that. It's just a ridiculous situation. So long story short, I would have those guys in the hall. And, and Bonds really is not the most gracious man ever to, to wear a baseball uniform. But then <laughs> yeah. again, a lot of these guys aren't. Right. A lot of the greatest ball players. I mean, Barry Bonds, who was ever better? Even before he hit all the uh, ridiculous numbers of home runs in the late 90s and early 2000s, Barry Bonds was the greatest baseball player of the 1990s, bar none. He had the entire package. Uh, even when he was a skinny kid with the Pittsburgh Pirates, he was phenomenal, and he matured into this incredible ball player with the most tremendous plate discipline and power. Barry Bonds had it all for the longest time. But do you think they'll? What do you? How do you think it will shake out? Now we got your take on it, but how oh, you, well, how no, you they're, think they're it not going to go in. They'll, they'll yeah, be out. That's why. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so all, all of that grand, grand, eloquent defense of them will go for naught. They, um, I think, what will happen is, um, I, I guess, I think there's been such a, a kind of a combination of small-mindedness and a kind of purient. Uh, holier than thou attitude that has infused so much of baseball now. It's become so politicized, so corporatized. Um, and this is really, I guess, a sign of globalization and Bud Selig has certainly done everything possible to accelerate that. Um, so I guess we would have to expect this type of culture, uh, hypocritical culture, what yeah. I'm saying to infuse the sport, unfortunately. And, uh, no, I think Bonds and Clemens will be just like Pete Rose. Uh, they'll either be officially or unofficially blacklisted uh, from the hall, despite the fact that they were, each of them, I think arguably the greatest players in their of their generation. Bonds, the greatest position player, and Clemens, yeah. really, I'd have to say the greatest pitcher, just a hair above uh, guys like Greg Maddox or Randy Johnson. I would say Clemens has to be the best. Yeah, maybe there'll be some reevaluation in a few years where they have to. They have to. You know, I think there'll be some kind of uh, outrage almost at some point. 
you know, where people when will be outraged when they're, they're not 75 yeah, yeah. and, you know, near death. Yeah. Uh, Pete Rose, how old is he now? He's got to be in his mid-60s, right? I'm thinking early. He's probably about 70. Yeah, they're about so sure, yeah. give Pete Rose another 10 years, and when he's old, he's lost all his weight, and he looks awful, and people realize he's got like three years to live, they'll say, oh, yeah, let's put Pete back. Let's put him in. Yeah. That's, they'll do that. Um, you know, by then, Selig will be gone. But, you know, one of the things against Pete Rose is that Bud Selig was a very close friend of uh, Bar Giamatti, who was the commissioner at the time when they uh, when he banned Rose for life. Right. Selig and Giamatti were very close, and Selig has essentially, I, I don't know what it is, almost like a vendetta uh, or an homage to his old friend, but as long as Selig's in charge of Major League Baseball, Rose will never never get reinstatement. Yeah. Are you ready for the predictions on a more uplifting note? As ready as I will be, sir. All right. We'll start in our home turf here, the American League East. Who you got? Yeah, by far the the most interesting division. Absolutely. Um, and the scariest division. Now, oh, now I have a question for you. I, I think, so you can have two wild cards from one division, can't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so you like it have, could be the Yankees getting the East, and then the Rays and the Red Sox each getting the other wild cards. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah, which I, I think is, uh, you know, the way that it's, it's uh, turning out for me. But what I'm going to do is I'm putting, I'm going to go for the Rays on top. I think this is going to be their year in the American League East. Okay. Uh, it's a, it's a little bit out there. I admit it's not the safe choice going with the, with the Sox or the Yanks, but, um. You know, here's something that I've learned over the years. First of all, predictions inherently are difficult. Secondly, even baseball freaks, like guys who are following this, they're always wrong. Yeah. So I'm not going to worry too much about this. Uh, you got a lot of people picking the Yankees. I'm going to go with the Rays. Uh, although I do think the Yankees are going to get the wild card. Red Sox. Yeah, I'll put them in for the uh, for the second wild card slot. So it's going to go Yays, but Rays, Yanks, Sox, American League Central. Oh, I want to say the Twins, but look, even I don't have that much loyalty. <laughs> um, I'm I'm expecting the Twins to bounce back. They're not going to have quite the awful year that they had last year, but they're not going to contend. It's Detroit all the way in the Central. Detroit has got the package. They've got really a. Um, a very, very strong team. How do you yeah. not love Miguel Cabrera? Who's just, he's like Albert Pujols. He's the, the second incarnation of Albert Pujols, it seems to me. And, um, I think he's going to be better than Pujols this year, by the way. Yeah. It's going to be, uh, they're, they're a really good team in a, in a fairly weak division, too, so. There's no one else. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe the White Sox will surprise me. Maybe the Indians will surprise me. Um, but I, I don't think so. I'm thinking it's going to be the, the Tigers, and I don't know if anyone else is going to have a winning record over in the uh, AL Central. To be honest with you, it's it's pretty slim pickings. Yeah. Now, how about uh, the, how about the West, where it's shaping out to be a battle of uh, superpowers between the Angels and, and the Rangers? Yeah, I know. Well, I you know I've wanted to say uh, Rangers. I was thinking Rangers again, but then uh, when the here it is, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, <laughs> uh, they picked up Pujols. I thought. Mm, that is really going to be fun to see. Uh, I'm going with the Rangers. I think they're going to they're going to take out the uh, Angels. I mean, part of it is that Pujols. Uh, I just am not expecting him to have the quite the level of a monster year that he's had. He's switching leagues. Yeah. He's switching uh, pitchers, uh, opposing pitchers. 
I'm sure Pujols is going to be very, very good. But he's also, what, 32, 33. He's, he's on the beginning of a decline. I'm, I'm not saying he's going to bottom out. I wouldn't expect that. Uh, but I'm looking at the Rangers. Uh, I'm guessing a lot of people are picking the Angels, but I'm going to go with the Rangers. Yeah, it's kind of a toss-up. And then you have the Yankees and the Red Sox for the wild cards. Yes, I do. Okay. Um, they're not weighted, by the way. So if if, the, if it goes Red Sox, Yankees, or Yankees, Red Sox, it's the same amount of points. So Glad to hear don't, it. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't get that specific. <laughs> All right, over on in the National League for the East, who do you have? Well, again, I always want to say the Mets, but I can't say the Mets until they stop sucking. So until that happens, it can't be. Look, the Phillies have owned the National League East really essentially for the last decade, uh, more or less, certainly the last five years. Um, I think this is going to be their last year on top. I think they're going to barely hang on. They're getting kind of old. Yeah. Unless they unless they uh, go through a really uh, effective youth movement, I think, and they're going to they have to struggle this year because you got this the uh, Miami Marlins. Who stole away Jose Reyes from the Mets? Yeah, and now has dyed his hair purple. <laughs> uh, not purple, orange. Excuse me. Have you seen this picture? I didn't see it yet. No. Reyes and Henley Ramirez uh, kind of got this orange hair thing going. Oh goodness, it looks wild down there in general. Uh, the new no, stadium yeah. and all that stuff. I, I actually want to hate the Marlins. <laughs> I want to hate them so bad, but they're um, they're looking pretty good. They've got they got a lot of guys. But I think they're not going to overtake the Phillies. I'm thinking Philadelphia, last hurrah for them atop the American League East. Okay. Um, I am thinking that the um, Marlins will have a shot at the wild card, but they're not my wild card pick. All right. Yeah. I think they'll, yeah, I feel kind of the same way. They'll be bubbling around in the, yeah. close to it. But how about in the Central, which is looking weaker than ever? Yeah, well, don't look for the Cardinals to do anything. Cardinals are going to bottom out there. I think they're they got the fork in them. Uh, I was actually not a huge fan of Tony Larusa like a lot of people were, except for his hair. How do you not love the man's hair? <laughs> um, but or Dave Duncan for that matter, who I just thought was overrated. But they had Prince Albert. He's gone. It's over. Uh, I don't, and they really don't have a whole lot else. Yeah, like I can say, I think they got an old team that's. Um, I'm, I want I want the Brewers, despite the fact that they're bed sailing. I like the Reds. Uh, here's one thing I'll say: the Cubs, who I will not pick, nevertheless, in the next few years, look for the Cubs to turn their their stuff around because they got Theo. I think so too. Yeah, yeah, not this uh, year, but in the next I, couple of years. The Cubs are the Red Sox in the National League. Uh, Red Sox have Fenway. The Cubs have Wrigley. The Cubs are just like the Sox were for years without going all the way, and I really want to see the Cubs turn it around. They're not going to do it this year, but I think in the next few years they're they're going to be in the hunt. Okay. Um, NL Central, honestly, it's a toss-up. I'm going to say Brewers. Alright, sounds good. And then in the West? Yeah, this is a division I've always hated. Uh, okay. I've, I've never had love for the National League West. Why? I don't know. Maybe because I live on the other side of the country. Maybe because I don't really identify with these teams. Who gives a crap about the Rockies, for example? Do they even have fans? I don't think they – how can they? The Padres look awful. 
the Dodgers look pretty good, and they got Don Mattingly as their manager. And you know, for an old for a Yankee fan like myself, I gotta like that. But I guess I'm looking I'm looking at the D-backs to do, go into first place. I think um, I think they're gonna win okay. the division. Um, not that I know them very well, but I guess what I can say is. The other baseball experts on the internet seem to think the Diamondbacks are really good. So, <laughs> uh, really, from from what I've been able to learn about them, Diamondbacks, I'd like to see the Dodgers do well, uh, and I'd like to see them not do well. Giants, I, I don't even care about these teams. You know, honestly, <laughs> if they fell into the Pacific Ocean, I would not care. Um, I'll be in Phoenix. Uh, at some point this year, so I have a person out there who said, yeah, we can hopefully um, catch a D-backs game. So for that reason and that reason alone, I'm going to go with Arizona. There you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so now I've chosen wild cards for the National League. I don't think I have. No, you have not chosen the wild cards yet. This, I found this to be the toughest part of the picks because it's like you have the certain dominant teams in the National League that you can kind of get a feel for, but it seems like there's a lot of teams that could slip in to the wild card spots, so I'll be interested to see who, who you have. Yeah, actually, one team I didn't talk about, which which I really found interesting, is the Washington Nationals. No yes. one loves Washington, but you know what? The Washington Nationals um, have some some good new guys on the team. I don't think they're quite the joke that they used to be. But having said that, for wild card, I guess I'll put Miami in there for a wild card, and uh, who else do I have left over? Cincinnati. There you go. All right, nice. That's a whim. Yeah, you never know. I mean, I nobody on the show last year had any inkling of of St. Louis uh, going all the way. So no, no, someone slipped actually, through, and I would not have picked St. Louis last year. Uh, I would have been. See, really, it was a good thing for me that I didn't do your show last year because I think I would have probably finished last place <laughs> among all the guys making predictions. I <laughs> that was so bad. All right, uh, now who do you have coming out of the American League? The whole thing. Okay, you for for World Series. We're making yeah. World Series predictions here? Yeah. Tigers. All right. I like that pause. That was very... I had to think about it. Yeah. It's like a game I show. I didn't go into this interview with this in my head. I'm letting... Listen. I'm letting my psychic abilities nice. come to the fore here. All right. This is a little-known talent that I have on occasion. <laughs> I, can, I can pull out... A psychic flash when I need it. Well, you are a former former champ here in the league, so yes, indeed, you have some cachet here. That's right. A little bit of respect. That's right. And <laughs> and on the National League side, who do you have uh, winning the pennant on that side? Oh man, Miami. Wow. All right. Let's go for it. Nice. Let's just live a little, man. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I I I back them pretty good, not not that far, but I I sort well, here, of you know why you know why because look, I'm not saying Miami's better than Philadelphia. I think that they're actually not, but playoffs are a totally different animal. Right. So you have you have the grind of 162 games. That's going to separate the the great from the lesser great. Playoffs, anything can happen. Anyone can get hot. And Miami. I don't know. They're just young enough. They're just exciting enough. Yeah. Tigers and Marlins. All right. And then who do you have winning it all? Tigers. All right. Sounds good. 
I have a feeling I'll be wrong about everything I've just said. But, hey, you know what? It's been fun. I, I like chatting about baseball with you. It's 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 uh it'll be a good year because it's been the, all the predictions are all over the place so it'll be uh there won't be too many ties I don't think so it'll be good no no I'll be in the baseball groove anyway I'm uh, I'm the perennial coach for the Rochester New York Homeschool Baseball League wow. basically means that I round up a bunch of uh, unorganized disorganized kids and I throw them out to a field and uh, I make sure that they have some fun. Awesome. I do that every summer. So I have my baseball groove on. And you're not doing um, the old-time league Well, anymore. you know, I did that for five or six years. Uh, I did 19th century vintage-style baseball. I love that game. Um, I hurt my shoulder about two and a half years ago. Now, it's my left shoulder. I throw with my right. So, in theory, I could get by, but I really banged it up pretty bad. It's about 90% now. On the other hand, though... Um, I'm not quite as fast, Tim, as I was about 10 years ago when I was playing this game. i still got some legs. I can still get around the bases, but it's tougher every year, and I've got a maniacally busy schedule. Yeah. So I don't know. It's actually not too late for me to um, sign up for the year, and I, I still may do it in the back of my mind. I'm thinking, do I want another round of vintage baseball? Part of me says yes. I haven't uh, finished my decision-making process on that one. There you go. All right. It's a great game, though. Well, we'll put the predictions in the vault, and uh, you've teased us already with the uh, the events, and I mean with the uh, with the with the new books and stuff that you're working on, and the new radio show, which is very exciting. And of yeah. course, folks can find out more at Keyhole Publishing. I'm sure lots and lots of speaking engagements, right? Yeah, they do. I have to update all of that. Uh, I just I've got a bunch of new speaking engagements coming up for the year. Not anything in the next couple of months, actually, but then it gets really crazy starting summer. Uh, and I got to get those on the site, but yes, I'll be I'll be doing a lot of travel in there. Nice, next nice. So, folks, stay tuned to keyholepublishing.com for info on that. And uh, if you haven't seen Rich Dolan live yet, you're really missing out. So, make a point to uh, catch him for sure. Thank you. And on that note, thanks for uh, coming back on the show. It's great to have you back on the baseball special, and uh, I look forward to talking UFOs with you in the future for sure. Absolutely, Tim. My pleasure. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Continuing onward here with the 2012 baseball special, we've got filmmaker, rock on tour, man about town, Paul Kimball back on the program. It's been a year. Actually, you were on uh, for a regular episode last uh, last summer, so it's uh, been not that long since we chatted. But uh, welcome back to the show, and uh, welcome back to the baseball special, Paul. Thanks, Tim. Yours is the uh, the only paranormal themed show that I would uh, that I would still be on. Although you're not really a paranormal themed show so much as a sort of an esoterica themed show. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, sure. Well, you've got horses eating other horses, right? That's not oh, I guess. horses eating all kinds of shit. Yeah, I guess that is paranormal. Not just other horses. Actually, I think that might be the only thing they don't eat. But uh, oh, really? I have to have cannibal horses. Oh. Perhaps I should have listened to the show instead of just reading the, the message form in all of America. <laughs> anyway, welcome back. What have you been up to uh, since we heard from you last last uh, summer? Oh, well, you know, just I have a real job, so that's pretty much what I've been up to, developing um, new projects and trying to raise money and casting films and, and all that sort of stuff. Got to love the casting couch, right? 
No, no casting couch. They're real actors, uh-huh. uh, real country not named Canada, and we have a real casting director. So, um, I haven't, uh, I haven't even met them. I haven't talked to them. You know, I, it's for the feature film I have coming up in the fall. So we, w- we work through a casting director, which is a first for me. I mean, it's what they do in Hollywood and everywhere else, but I've never actually, uh, worked with one. So it's been a very good experience, and we've got, uh, it's a sort of a supernatural thriller love story that we're, uh, doing as a British-Canadian co-production, and we've got a really good cast shaping up. So, uh, yeah, it's very exciting. Exactly, exciting. All right. What about in the paranormal realm? You were kind of, I'm trying to recall, you were kind of inching your way out of it the last time we chatted. Yeah, as we would say in Canada, je suis out. Um, I'm, yeah, no, I'm out. I mean, I'm still, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm still interested in the paranormal. Uh, I think we all are. In different ways, you know, my grandfather was a Reformed Baptist minister. I consider him a paranormalist, just a different kind of paranormalist, the idea of something beyond us. But, um, yeah, it was never a – I think I just wrote something, my final post on my blog, um, saying goodbye or adieu, as we French-Canadians say. Wait, I'm not French-Canadian. Well, yeah, what are you I, talking I, I've about? I've met enough of them that I can get away with it. Um, you know, it was never a primary interest for me. It wouldn't even have made my top 20 uh, – but it is an interest, and I still I have a new website that I I sort of put my favorite paranormal columns and some of my new writings on, and uh, so it's one part of that website, which is much more reflective of the overall me, I suppose, which is the paranormal is a small part of what interests me, but here's all the other things that interest me too. Beyond Best Evidence is still the one paranormal-related project that um, I haven't walked away from. It's still so, just dating. Still trying to raise the money for it. We got, you know, the Indiegogo campaign, which folks might or might not recall. Didn't go-go as well as we would have liked-liked. Right, it it indie went-went. Yes, it went-went, exactly. But the money that we did raise uh, is still sitting in the corporate bank account. And the nice thing about the feature film and a couple of television-related projects that I have coming up is that they should provide, assuming I can get my partners to agree, they should provide uh, the wherewithal that I can pull money from the corporate overhead in those, and uh, I think that will probably fund Beyond Best Evidence, which obviously is still a project, you know, probably the final UFO project that I'd like to do. All right, until they land on the White House lawn. And, yeah, until they land on the White House lawn. Or the Canadian equivalent. They can, yeah, Parliament Hill or, um, you know, whatever, somewhere in the middle of Rwanda. Um, oh God! Uh, all right. So you ready to talk baseball? What? What? How are you feeling here as the season is uh, about to begin? Obviously, you're a Red Sox fan living in Canada. It's going to be a tough year for them, I think. It's getting even tougher than that. American League East. Yeah, I feel great about baseball because I'm sick of hockey. It was 25 degrees. Well, I don't. I'm not a huge hockey fan anyway. Until the playoffs, but it was 25 degrees centigrade, which I think it's about 78 or 79, and your you know, sort of archaic imperial system down there. And, you know, I was walking around with uh, summer clothes on last week. So for me, hockey ends when I get to put on shorts and uh, a summer shirt. So hockey, basketball has been a nightmare because of the strike. Um, what's the other major sport? Oh, football. Well, yeah, the Patriots lost the Super Bowl. So I've kind of checked out of, you know, it isn't even football season. Although the CFL starts up soon. So, yeah, baseball. It's the uh, it's the only game in town. And um, although I'm looking forward to seeing Tiger Woods at the Masters. So, yeah, no, it's very exciting because it's, it's a year of flux, too. You know, there's been a lot of off-season developments, some big stories, some interesting things going on, some interesting stuff coming up ahead. 
And then there's the season itself, which I think is actually going to be pretty exciting this year. Plus, we had a great World Series last year. It was excellent. It was a yeah. it was a hell of a baseball uh, playoff season. Now, what are your thoughts on Bobby Valentine? He kind of reminds me a little of you. Yeah. Didn't you claim to have invented the rap too? Wasn't that one of your claims? No, I never claimed to invent the rap. Um, not that kind of rap, anyway. I'm not a fan of Bobby Valentine. I never have been. Oh, wow. Okay. I uh, He rubs me the wrong way in every way. Contrary to popular opinion, I actually don't like loud, brash people, even though I occasionally play one on the Internet. Um, I prefer sort of a subtler, more intelligent, more, I don't know what's the right word, classy way of conducting your affairs. It's, another, it's why I don't like Ozzy Guillen either. So, you know, Terry Francona, I thought, was great. Um, he had probably run his course. I, I think it was time for him to move on, especially given the mess in the clubhouse last year. Yeah. It sounded like he lost the team, but, <clears throat> excuse me, but the, the guy won two World Series, and nobody, you know, nobody won a World Series in Boston since 1918. So he's the greatest Boston Red Sox manager of all time. Um, and you can't take that away from him. Bobby Valentine, how many World Series rings does Bobby Valentine have? I'm pretty sure the number's zero. Zero. He has one Japanese ring. Yeah. Well, okay. So how many real World Series rings? No offense to the Japanese leagues. They're lovely. But when their best players, when their best players are playing in Major League Baseball, yeah. So Bobby Valentine, I think it, it was a bad hire. I think um, the Red Sox are not going to make the playoffs this year. And I think you're, you're actually going to see Valentine do more damage to the team. And they're going to have to hire somebody after they get rid of him to come in and really fix the mess that I think the Sox are in and are headed further into. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to need to be an entirely new way of looking at things. Now, why do you say this? What, what, what kind of mess do you think that they're in? I feel like they're kind of trying to – I think they're kind of pulling out of it, but you, you seem to think it's going to get worse. Yeah, no, I, I do think it's going to get worse. You can take a look at their – start with their pitching staff. Well, there's John Lackey, and – that should be enough, but I'm not sold on Beckett. I think he's, you know, his better days are behind him. Daniel Bard, I'm not sure Daniel Bard can be anything other than a middle reliever because I, I don't think his mind's there. So I don't think he has the the chutzpah to be a closer, and I don't think he has the arm strength to be a, a starter. Um, you know, you can just start going down, and everywhere you look, you see the Boston Red Sox have been built like a fantasy baseball team. So you look at them and you go, you know what, if I had a fantasy team, eh, these guys, they look pretty – but they, there's something about them. They're, they just – it's the most overused term in team sports, chemistry. Um, but I think with the Red Sox it actually fits, that there is something missing there. There's just – you know, it's like a guy who who's really – it's like Rain Man. There's just click. Something isn't, isn't quite right with the Dustin Hoffman character, no matter how smart he is or, or what he can do. So I think the Red Sox, they'll have individual players who will pile up stats, who will do very well. And, you know, they're, a, they're an 80 to 90 win team, which isn't all that bad. I mean, ask the Baltimore Orioles. They'd love to have the Red Sox as problems. But they're not a playoff team. They're not, they're certainly, in my mind, not a World Series contender. And I don't see it improving. Um, until there are some changes in the culture uh, there, and you know that that will involve management. I mean, I, I could be wrong. I kind of hope I'm wrong, but they kind of remind me of the Red Sox from you know 25, 30 years ago, where there was a lot of clubhouse dissension, different factions. You know, not a bad team, but not a good team, and just kind of lost at sea. In a division, you could afford to be lost at, at sea if you were in the American League Central, maybe. Yeah. But if you're in the American League East. 
you can't afford to be lost at sea. No, you have to be there are sharks swimming around you. And there are two teams in the American League East that actually run their teams the right way, build from the ground up, and um, one is has built a, a solid contender, and the other the proven solid contender, and the other one is is on the verge of becoming a, a perennial solid contender again. That would be the Rays and the Jays. So those are the teams in the ascendant, and the Red Sox, and I think the Yankees too are teams that are descending despite their uh, overinflated payrolls. Right, right. Well, it's the uh, that's the the overinflated payrolls what's keeping them afloat. It seems at this point, but. Uh... I don't know what. I'm I'm confident. I'm feeling good. I don't know. I haven't made my picks yet, but I, I certainly don't think they're going to go all the way this year, but I would appreciate being pleasantly surprised. <laughs> 85, 85 wins, give or take a win. That's that's where I see them winding up. And I think, you know, then the gnashing of teeth and the wailing will begin, and people will say, what you know, what the heck's going on? But it's it's the money problem. I actually think, you know, having the, that kind of money is not necessarily a good thing, especially if you spend it like a fantasy baseball team as opposed to a real baseball team. So there are teams that have money that have spent it wisely. You can look at the Texas Rangers, for example, which they have not the resources the Red Sox or the Yankees have, but they have significant resources, and they've spent wisely, and they've built a, a perennial contender. And, and, you know, the Red Sox had their run, so there's, there's you know, they had a good decade, but they haven't started this decade off very well. And um, and the way last season went about and the way it ended, I mean, those are to me, those are just – I mean, I've worked on enough film sets. I've worked in enough team kind of environments, not sports, although I did play sports. But I know something about teams, and I know that where there's a rot, you can't just get rid of one or two people and expect that it will magically heal itself. There's something deeper there. Being in Boston doesn't help because of the intense media pressure. So, you know, I just think there's players on that team that are not the kind of players I would want to have on my team, no matter how good their stats look on paper. And, there's, you know, there are some good players on the team I would want to have, but that's something that I think they have to sort out, and they haven't begun that process yet. So, you know, I'm down on the Red Sox. I see that. I see that. Well, what are you excited about? I know you're. Uh, you said you know the, a lot of these off season. What what sort of piqued your interest? These big moves, Pujols leaving the Cardinals and Prince Fielder going to Detroit, that kind of stuff. Yeah. No. The best story in baseball: Jamie Moyer, forty nine year old crafty oh, left hander coming off Tommy John surgery, is not only competing for a roster spot with the Colorado Rockies. It looks like he's going to get the fifth spot in the rotation for the Rockies, 49 years old. That's that's not even Nolan Ryan-esque. That's, you know, um, Satchel Page kind of territory. So to me, that is such a, not only a feel-good story, it'd be a feel-good story even if he was just, you know, kind of played in spring training and thanks for coming. That's, that's a really great baseball story because Jamie Moyer is one of those players who plays the game the right way, has the right attitude, works hard, you know, has maximized average talent, and he's and 49 coming off Tommy John. I mean, I I just love that story. So I hope he makes the rotation. Um, I hope they don't pitch him a whole lot in Colorado because you know I hope he kind of gets a lot of road starts, um, and I hope he has a reasonably successful season. You know, he wins somewhere between five and ten games, and he doesn't embarrass himself. But by everyone's account, he's pitching well in the preseason. Uh, and uh, he's never relied on a 90-mile-an-hour fastball. He relies on smarts and location. 
And he apparently he still has obviously the smarts, but he can still hit his spots most of the time. So even if uh, Colorado doesn't keep him, I think there's at least a couple of other teams that would look at Jamie Moore and say, you know, as a fifth starter and a good clubhouse influence, you know, we could we could do a lot worse. Um, so yeah, I think Jamie Moore is the story of the off season um, in a good way. In an off season that had a number of bad stories, like Ryan Braun. I think Jamie Moyer is one of those silver lining stories that you can look at and say, yeah, you know what, there's still guys who play baseball the right way. And it's funny, I have all my old baseball annuals. I, I kept them all. So I was looking at one from 1998 the other day. And I think, who was Moyer pitching for? I think it was the Seattle Mariners back then. And he had 89 wins and he was 35 years old. <laughs> and they were saying, you know, he's, he's a good guy to have in your staff, but his career is winding down. Now he's got 266 wins. He's 49 years old. And who knows if, I mean, if he could pitch another three or four years, 300 wins, they might have to put him in the Hall of Fame just for endurance. So, um, you know, I, I just think that's a fantastic story. All right. Story, I'm actually smiling as I tell it because that's the kind of thing that you, baseball gives you that the other major sports don't give you. See that, folks? We got Paul Kimball to smile. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, it's better than listening to the stories in the NFL about Bounty Gate and oh, players yeah. in their 30s getting um, ALS because of repeated concussions or Sidney Crosby spending the last two seasons basically concussed. Baseball has its has its warts, and it certainly has its bad um, sort of undercurrents. But it somehow it has that ability to bring out these individual stories that I don't think the other three major sports um, really have, at least not as much as baseball. So Moyer's a great story. Seeing Barry Larkin going into the Hall of Fame is a great story um, because he, I remember Larkin, another one of those guys who played the game the right way and was just an all-around great player. And Ron Santo going in, you know, that's a good thing too. Um, you know, that's those are two good off-season stories, and then the rest of it's not so much. <laughs> The rest of the offseason wasn't so good. As someone who's well-versed in, in legal ease, what do you think of the Ryan Braun thing? Oh, come on. Everybody and their dog knows he did it. Um, but he got off on a technicality. And the really sad thing would be if he didn't do it, every, it doesn't matter because everybody's always going to believe that he did. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think he did. I think it's clear that he got off on a technicality. And so he's a cheater. In an era when we're supposed to have rooted that out, there's your National League most valuable player, although I think Kemp should have won it, but Braun was a, before this, Braun was a decent choice. And so there's your National League MVP. Um, and what should be a feel-good story in a small market team that had a deep run in the playoffs, and wow, their best player, assuming it wasn't Prince Fielder, let's, they're two best players. Prince Fielder, he's gone, so free agency, see ya. And Ryan Braun flunked the drug test and should be serving a 50-game suspension, but somehow he wriggled out of it. Um, that's not a good story for baseball. And it's not a good story for Ryan Braun. And if he has a nice long career from here on in, someday they're going to look back and say, well, okay, um, as we're considering his Hall of Fame credentials, let's put that into the mix and see what happens. So, yeah, that's that was not a good story. Um, the uh, The sort of expanded playoff format, I'm not a fan of, so I didn't consider that a good story. Although, you know, I've made my peace with it. So um, Why are you not a fan? It further dilutes the playoffs and uh, further demeans and diminishes the importance of the regular season. I didn't even like the wild card when they brought it in. But, again, I've made my peace with it. You like Bob Costas over here. 
Yeah, well, I've listened to past uh, BOA baseball specials. I am. There's something special about baseball. I mean, the National Hockey League puts 16 teams in the playoffs. The NFL puts more teams in now. Basketball, the same thing. Baseball is moving in that direction. It is purely a revenue grab. It, there, it has nothing to do with anything other than getting more money for teams that are already awash in money. And I think it undermines the integrity of the regular season. And I think that's that's a mistake. Now, it's... You know, if this is all they ever do, if this is as far as they ever take it, then, okay, I'll be able to live with it. But I, I do have a worry that it's the thin edge of the wedge that in five or six or seven years they're going to go, well, you know, now that people have gotten used to that, let's put another team or two in. And then eventually you're the National Hockey League or you're the NBA, and 16 teams are in the playoffs, and what the heck is the point of pay, playing 162 games um, other than to make more money? I don't begrudge people making money unless their name is Mitt Romney, but um, this, this this playoff thing, I'm not a fan. Having said that, you know, it's the way it's going to go. There's nothing I'm going to do to change it, so it took me about 10 minutes to get over it and say, all right, fine, who's going to be that extra team, you know, who's going to make that, that leap into the playoffs? But I'm just afraid of not afraid, but I don't like the idea of a situation where you have a team that could rack up 105, 106 wins, play the season the whole way, and then some other team that gets 89 wins, squeaks in, wins the one-game playoff. Next thing you know, they're in the World Series and winning the World Series. Uh, yeah, that that just doesn't compute for me. Not so. right. Paul and Kimmel, we'll the Red, Sox. Red Sox aren't even going to get the wild card this year, so I'm just coming back to the Red Sox. Just relax. <laughs> and here's my other two big things to watch, because I know you might have questions or you might want to get into the predictions, but two big things to watch yeah. for me. Uh, Ichiro, see whether he rebounds from his first not-so-great year in his entire Hall of Fame-worthy career, because he only hit 272, I think, last year. So, it's, I mean, I just love him as a player. He's one of those Jamie Moyer kind of guys who plays the game right. So is he on the downside of a great career, or was that a blip, and he's going to bounce back and hit his usual 300 again? So I'm going to watch. Uh, to me, that's it's the only reason to watch the Seattle Mariners, except for Hernandez pitching. But um, he's such a great player that I kind of like to keep track of what Ichiro is up to. Okay. And then in the long term, this is the year. Or, well, this time next year will have been the year when the Hall of Fame ballot includes Clemens, Bond, Sosa, Piazza, yeah. and all of the other PED. That is exciting. Suspect. And that, you know, that's kind of like knowing that you have a court date coming up. <laughs> <laughs> And you're on trial for your life. Baseball will be on trial for its life in a sense. That entire era will then go on trial because you will have proven um, big-name PED users like Clemens, no matter what he says, and Bonds, a convicted one in Bonds' case, and I think Clemens is probably headed that way too. Um, and then, you know, the question will be, well, there's two guys based on their stats, are clear Hall of Famers, they're all-timers. What do we do with them? And that, to me, that's going to be a fascinating debate that's going to take place within baseball and within the fan base and probably even beyond baseball. And so that's the next year, and that's um, that's going to be very interesting to watch. Sadly, unfortunately, I think it will overshadow potentially Jack Morris. And if Burt Blylevin gets into the Hall of Fame, then Jack Morris should be there. And uh, Tim Raines, who seems to have – he should be in the Hall of Fame. He, I'm not so much a Morris fan, but Tim Raines should be in the Hall of Fame. He seemed to be on the upswing, and then all of a sudden you've got this year, boom, when all of these other great players, including Craig Biggio, who I think will get in, 
um, potentially Kurt Schilling, although I think he's borderline. But you've got this this massive group of players, Maddox and Glavin coming down the pike. And you look at a guy like Tim Raines and go, he finally was getting some momentum. Does this sort of stall his momentum, and does he spend the rest of his life waiting for the Veterans Committee to, you know, stick him in the Hall of Fame? So, I, I mean, I'm just sort of a Hall of Fame junkie, so I love watching the Hall of Fame. I like sort of debating who should be in and who shouldn't. It's kind of a Bill James thing. And this, this steroids or PED group of players that are coming in is going to change the debate um, in a way that it hasn't really been changed uh, probably since they instituted the Veterans Committee and, and provided another pathway into the hall. So, yeah, that's going to be a that's going to be a, a really big story in baseball. And here's one for you. You're old enough. You should appreciate this. You know who else is going on the Hall of Fame ballot this year? Who? Kenny Lofton. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, there's a guy, when I, when I was younger, you would look at Kenny Lofton and you would have said, you know what, he's, he's potentially a Hall of Famer. This guy's stealing bases, getting on base, hitting for high average, pops a few home runs every now and then, and he's a gold glove center fielder. So, and his career kind of didn't get as far as it should have, but he still has really great stats. And that's the wonderful thing about baseball in the Hall of Fame to me. There's a really good player, Kenny Lofton. I mean, he's not some schmuck who's going to get off, you know, like he doesn't even deserve to be on the ballot. He's a really good, borderline great player. He has no shot of getting in the Hall of Fame. And uh, I think that's a good thing, but I think that's just fascinating to realize that one of these guys I considered a dominant player when I was younger, um, you know, had a good career, but he's not going into the Hall of Fame. But here he is on the ballot, which reminds me, A, of how old I am, and B, just how good you probably have to be to get in the Hall of Fame. All right. Now, what's your – you got a breakout team to watch for this year? Pittsburgh Pirates, Kansas City Royals, Houston no. Astros, anyone? No. Um, I have – I suppose I have three uh, that I think are going to do better than people maybe think they do. The Blue Jays, who I think are going to make the playoffs. Uh, most people are saying they're a year away. I think they're actually there. Um, excuse me. The Washington Nationals, again, people are saying they're a year or two away. I think they're actually there. Although they're, I'm less confident about the Nationals, but I'm going to take a flyer on them. They're going to have a good, they're going to have a better year no matter what. And I think they're actually going to have a pretty good year. And, um, the Miami Marlins, which everybody kind of looks at and says, you know, they weren't all that bad to begin with, but I think they have a lot of pieces in place now. I don't like Ian, but, um, I think they're a playoff team too. Although, uh, you know, could be tight, but certain, those are three teams that I think are all, none of them are going to the World Series, but I think all three of them are potentially playoff teams this year. I think they're playoff teams. They'll be in the playoff mix for the next five or ten years. So these are three teams that will be, wow, you know, this is crazy, Tim. People talk about glo- this non sequitur. People talk about global warming and they don't believe in it. I was out half an hour ago walking down to the corner store to get a bottle of pop, and I was just wearing a, a, a summer shirt and a, a, a fleecy little sweater. Now yeah. it's snowing out. I just looked out the window. <laughs> so I feel like I'm in day after tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, if you don't believe in global warming, people, you're crazy. It's both yeah, snow here tomorrow, break- too, so, yeah. Yeah, those are the three breakout teams that I sort of see. And, um, you know, as I see teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox entering a decline phase, I see teams like the Jays and the Nats and the Marlins entering a hey we're on the we're on the ascendant phase. All right. Yeah. Well, last year you came tantalizingly close to the championship, but fell one short, one point short. So I don't trust your accounting methods. I consider myself the champ in exile. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, no. No, no. I did two sets of standings. Yeah, yeah, I'm just kidding. With regular, with, with straight picks, that was, uh, that actually, you were in a four-way tie for first. And then, uh, four-way, good. Then we had to get into the transposed picks to break the tie, and Jason Offutt came out on top, so. Well. Yeah. What are you going to do? You got teams that let me down. Well, the good thing about this new playoff system, which you should appreciate, is that hopefully, uh, they will break all the, all these tiebreakers. Serve as a, a way of breaking the ties in our league. Yeah, that's exactly why Major League Baseball should have instituted it. Exactly. It's been all, been all of America baseball spectacular. Now we can break the ties. Thank that, you, Bud Seeley. That's how they should bill it, yeah. You know, Greg Bishop and Adam go rightly are on steroids, by the way. <laughs> that's, they're using steroids and they still, they still can't seem to do very well on this thing. So. <laughs> all right. Are you ready to do the predictions? It's like putting David Segui on steroids. What's the difference between eight home runs and 11? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ready to do the prediction. All right. Um, just as a caveat, obviously, no, you know, you only get points for the correct picks, but the, uh, the wild cards aren't weighted. So, you know, if you say Red Sox and Jays, whatever, you know, for the two wild cards, you don't have to get them in the right order. Oh, well, that's a big relief. I, wow, that makes my day. <laughs> Hey, dude, I'm just, I'm just giving you the rules as the commissioner, okay? Rules. <laughs> rules. We Canadians don't, don't abide by no stinking rules. All right. Let's start with the American League East. Who you got? Tampa Bay Rays. All right. Love the pitching staff. They might have the best pitching staff in Major League Baseball. Five deep. They are a tremendous pitching team. And as you'll see going through my picks, being an ex-pitcher myself, most of my picks are heavily weighted to teams that actually can pitch as opposed to teams that hit. So. Pitching and defense wins championships. I yeah, Unless you've got David Freeze on your team, absolutely. <laughs> All right, the uh, the American League Central. Comes back to pitching, Detroit Tigers. All right. Good. Now, that's a toss-up division, but the Tigers, um, you know, now that they've got Fielder, they, they have offense. If you can anchor your rotation with Justin Verlander, you're already halfway there. Yeah. Okay. The American League West. I don't like them, but the Texas Rangers. It'd be fun to watch you Darvish, too, just to see how good he is. Okay. You don't like it? Why don't you like the Rangers? I, I don't know. I, just, I don't dislike the Rangers. I don't like them. I was happy St. Louis beat them. You know, they're just one of those teams that go, eh, you know. Okay. They don't do anything for me, one way or another. So That's I how I feel them. about St. Louis. Yeah, I kind of feel right about St. Louis, too, although St. Louis has the benefit of being one of those classy old-school teams. Yeah. So, to me, that trumps. Plus, the David Freeze stuff, honestly, in, in my entire lifetime, except maybe for the 86 World Series, which ended badly for my team, but still, you know, I think I think last year's World Series was even better than the 86 Series for excitement. Just that, that game, I mean, I watched it, I was just like, wow, yelling every five or ten minutes, like, how can this happen? How can this happen? Crazy stuff. So right. We lived through a great World Series. We did, and the last day of the season was tremendous too, with those two, yes, you know, winner go home games. Uh, so. Yeah, no, it was, it was tremendous. I can't think of. I mean, it was a perfect World Series, and then boom, Ryan Braun. Anyway, we're beyond that. So. All right, the two wild cards. We got the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Okay. Um, another great starting rotation, plus now they have Albert Pujols. Mm-hmm. And I'll be in L.A. this summer, so I'm kind of hoping to actually get down to Anaheim to see a game or two. Um, I always go see Dodgers games with Greg, but I've only ever seen one Angels game. So 
So yeah, the Angels and the other wild card, the Toronto Blue Jays. All right, so you're taking some risks here, going a little outside the box, but I like it. Well, after all these years, I figured I, you know, I finally have a chance to pick the Canadian team to to make the playoffs. Um, and they, you know what? The Jays are the Rays. They're the new Rays. They've done everything right. They've built from the ground up. They've acquired good young assets and uh, good young pitching. And you know, Jose Batista. How can you not like that guy? He's going to pop another 40 home runs this year. He's just a really good player. So yeah, they got a shot. All right. In the uh, National League East. Well, it's kind of the Darth Vader pick, but how can you not pick the Phillies? Again, pitching rotation. I think Halliday, Lee, and Hamels might all win 20 games. You know, one of them will. They 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 all have the potential to do that. So, um, yeah, you know, the the Phils are just that good. Yeah, they're uh, they're turning into like the Braves of the uh, 90s. Yeah, and, and I think I didn't pick them last year. So, and they won. So I think that cost me the championship. So I'm not making that mistake twice. All right. All right. You blame, you blame them is what you're saying. I do. Yes. I I, do. I'll check right now, actually. Let me see. I think he did pick them. but Did I? I uh, thought I picked against them. Let me see. Paul Kimball. Yeah, you did pick against them. You didn't even have them yeah. in the playoffs. Exactly. See? Look what happened. That cost me the title. Big mistake. Well, because that should have been an easy <laughs> pick. That was one of my out-of-the-box picks. So if I end up tied and losing a playoff again this year, and it's the Jays that do me in, well, then we'll know. Fool me once, shame on you. How about the uh, National League Central? You went outside the box last year, and it worked out for you. You had the Brewers, and they uh, they did did pretty well for you. But uh, what's, what's your thoughts here for 2012 on the Central? True, but the Brewers weren't as outside the box as not picking the Phillies, <laughs> which was just stupid. Um, Cincinnati Reds. I think they're going to have a bounce back year. All right. Interesting. Because people forget they were a pretty good team the year before last. And then they had an off year. But the talent's still there. Um, I really like Joey Votto and what I think might be his last season in Cincinnati. He's got a contract year coming up. Um, and, you know, the division's been weakened. Milwaukee is not the same team without Fielder. And who knows what effect this thing will have on Braun. And uh, St. Louis, you know, without Tony LaRusa. And Albert Pujols, of course. So you've got two teams that were in the playoffs taking a step back. Right. And I think Cincinnati's going to bounce back. Yeah. It's a much weaker division now. It was already a weak, kind of lousy division anyway. So. Yeah. With the World Series champion. That's how it happens. In the championship series, beat the other team from that weak, lousy division. So. That's true. That's true. Well, you know, the, the, those St. Louis Cardinals, they, they somehow find a way to stumble their way into a championship every, like, fucking... Eight years. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. It's it's those you know it's those little red birds. They're dastardly little communist birds. That could be true. Now, what about the uh, the National League West? Um, much to the chagrin of my dear friend Greg Bishop, the San Francisco Giants. All right, another bounce back team. Take a look at the pitching staff, and Buster Posey's healthy. So we did get that guy from. Uh, I was talking about this with Go Rightly. Uh, Cody Ross, I think he's going to be a great addition to the Sox. Yeah, you're still on the Sox thing, aren't you? I'm just telling you. Keep an eye out for him. It's not going to happen, man. All right. Um, but, but the Giants, Giants are, um, we'll come back to them uh, because we'll come back to them. All right. Um, the All right, so the two wild card teams, who you got? Okay, on my new website, um, my personal one, 
the paranormal section is under a uh, heading called Outside the Box. So here comes my Outside the Box baseball moment. The Washington Nationals, or as I like to call them, the Montreal Expos in okay. exile. So just write Montreal Expos on your website. <laughs> All right. <laughs> in exile. And uh, the, uh, it pains me to say this, given that I hate Aussie again. The Miami Marlins. All right. I love seeing Hanley Ramirez and uh, Reyes on the same side of that infield. And uh, I think the Marlins, you know, I think they'll edge out a couple of other reasonably mediocre teams. I think the Nationals will, too. I mean, the wild card pool, you've got... You got a couple of really good teams, and then you got the you know the Brewers, the Cards, the D-backs, maybe the Dodgers, maybe um, maybe even uh, no, not the Rockies, but because they burned me last year too. But you'll have a few teams in that wild card mix, and uh, I think those will be the two that'll the Braves too. Those will be the two teams that'll squeak out. All right, now who you got to uh, take the American League pennant? Um, oh, this reminds me, too. I just mentioned the Braves. Uh, another good story this year, and I, before I forget, Chipper Jones, final season in the Major League um, in Major League Baseball. Another one of those players who plays the game right, so um, that'll be fun to watch, too. All right. Uh, what you say? Who do I get in the American League? Yeah. I got the Tampa Bay Rays over the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim or whatever the heck they call themselves. All right. You got the Rays going back to the World Series. Interesting. Okay. Shields, Hellickson, Matt Moore, David Price, and when your fifth starter is a guy who went 11-7 and seven last year, uh, I think you had a pretty good pitching staff. So I think pitching wins out for the Rays this year. Okay. And on the National League side? This will pain my good friend, Greg Bishop, but I have the San Francisco Giants over the Philadelphia Phillies in what will be an amazing pitcher's duel. All right. From Kane, Baumgartner, Saladay, Lee, Hamels. That's the kind of series I'm looking forward to watching. Okay. And then who do you have one in at all, the Rays or the Giants? I have the Tampa Bay Rays. Wow. Not your American League East team that you would expect, but I have the Tampa Bay Rays beating the San Francisco Giants for the World Series title. Love Joe Madden. Great manager. I think this is the year he sort of pulls some magic rabbits out of his hat. The pitching all comes together. That they're a team that's built to make, you know, a deep run, not every year, but every two or three years. And I think this is the year where they're going to make a run and then keep going. So all right. This is their year. Kimball backs the Rays, folks. There you go. All right. We will put your predictions in the vault, and we'll let you know how you do next year. Yes. How do you feel? I feel good. Those are good picks. picks. I got to make my picks now, so. I'm even happy that I'm not picking the Red Sox because you know what? I think every now and then a team needs to get whacked over the head, and I think the Red Sox. And I'm a fan, but I think they. I don't want them to make the playoffs because I think they need structural changes. I think a year or two of really losing will help them, and uh, and then I think they can rebuild in the right way, and then they'll be perennial contenders again. So. Yeah, a little pain, short-term pain, for long-term gain. That's what I'm looking forward to for the Red Sox. And the Yankees, I don't know. I hope their team plane gets lost over the Pacific somewhere. Nice, Bermuda Triangle style. Yeah. You know, not that they would be killed, but they would be kind of a lost. Disappear, vanish, yeah. Exactly. Show up in an alternate dimension where they can hang out with, you know, I don't know, all the old Yankees teams from the past. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So that's your uh, that's that's our discussion here for baseball for the year. Uh, anything people should keep an eye out for? Uh, you you mentioned your website a couple times, so uh, give give out the URL for that and, and anything you want to plug coming up. Sure. Uh, the personal website 
uh, www.beyonderstv, B-E-Y-O-N-D-E-R-S-T-V.com. That's my personal home, and if you go to the, because this is a paranormal-related show, um, the Outside the Box section contains um, various writings about the paranormal. If you go to the film section, you can see most of my films, like the Stan Friedman film or Ghost Cases or that TV series or whatever. So there is paranormal material there. It's just, it's not the focus. Um, And uh, my feature film, yeah, keep an eye out for that. We uh, start filming in the fall. Uh, You can check out the website at Rubicon, as in Julius Caesar's Rubicon, rubiconthemovie.com. Um, at the moment, starring Natalie Dormer of the Tudors fame. Oh. And appearing in Game of Thrones now, too. As well as um, Luke Treadaway, a great young British actor who was in a sci-fi film called Attack the Block, which some of your listeners might, might know. And uh, Francesca Annis, Ooh. who was Lady Jessica in Dune. Exciting. All right. And also Lady Macbeth in Polanski's uh, classic version of Macbeth. So yeah, no, the cast has come together great. My partners in the United Kingdom are fantastic guys. And um, yeah, we're, it, you know, it's we're going to do it right this time. And uh, yeah, that's the most exciting thing on my plate at the moment. So Excellent. All right, folks, we'll go check those websites out and uh, keep on following Paul Kimball. He's, he's just burning the midnight oil on Facebook. So if you're not, yeah. if you're not friends with Paul Kimball on Facebook, then then your timeline is uh, is vastly uh, underrepresented. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, it's my social media hub. It's like a Cylon hub. That's where my Cylons hang out. That's the home hub. Oh yeah, Tina Senna will appreciate that. <laughs> Anytime we can get a Tina Senna shout out, it's a, it's a good thing. Yeah, there you go. I'm like Tony Kornheiser at the end of Pardon the Interruption. Tina Senna shout out. Yeah. <laughs> I wave my Canadian flag. It's perfect. Exactly. Will Bond loses. You've been cor- it's a corntacular. <laughs> I love that show. Whenever they play the thing, and he goes, "You've been cornhized or whatever." He's a funny guy. He's that's a that's my favorite show actually. One of my favorite shows. Watch it every day. I just day. like hearing Reality when he's not even on screen. They say something funny, and you'll hear him yell from the background. You know, it's just like this off-camera thing, and or he'll laugh. It's, yeah, if people don't listen or watch PTI, they should. Uh, if you like sports, it's yeah, show. it's an excellent show. All right, Paul, well, thanks for coming back for the baseball special. Good luck uh, with the predictions, and we'll be in touch. Thanks for having me, and uh, thanks to the BOA audience for listening. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Continuing onward, ladies and gentlemen, with the 2012 BOA Audio Baseball Special. This time around, we're welcoming our old friend Greg Bishop, who continues to uh, push the record number of appearances on BOA Audio further and further into the distance. And uh, we're here to talk about uh, baseball, a lot of big news surrounding his beloved Dodgers, so lots to discuss. Welcome back to the show, Greg. It has barely been some time since we last chatted about you around the end of the year. Yeah, first I thought you were going to say continuing his, and I thought you were getting something like, you know, almost guessing the, the uh, almost doing well in the um, baseball uh, predictions, but I think I only did well the first year. Yeah, it wasn't a particularly good showing for you, but you did, uh, you did receive the Silver Slugger Award, the Adam Go Rightly Silver Slugger Award. <laughs> for, uh, you were the only one to actually pick the Cardinals to make it to the, National League uh, championship. You oh, had, okay. You had them to win the National League pennant. No one else did. So, sort of a, you know, 
a booby prize or something. I, exactly. Where's my silver slugger? Is it in the mail or? It's hypothetical. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Stuff's been disappearing in the mail recently, so maybe you shouldn't send it. Uh-oh. So I guess, I don't know, we had you on actually for the uh, for the end of the year, and it's all, it's already April, but, uh, you know, what have you been up to in the last few months? Anything exciting that people should know about before we get into the baseball talk? Probably not from the paranormal perspective. Um, I've had no jobs for 11 months. Then I had two jobs, so I had not time to do nothing else. Then last week, one of the jobs laid me off, which is fine, because that wasn't the full-time job. And now I just got the one job, and um, I'm going to be speaking and moderating um, and maybe emceeing at the the next actual retro UFO conference, which is which is being planned and will take place on June 23rd in Landers, California, at the Integratron. Awesome! So it's going to be a revival of that event. Yeah, the the organizer who I know very well, Barbara Harris, she um. Uh, for some reason, she got this wild hair and said, "Well, I lost a ton of money on the first the first three. Let's do another one." <laughs> um, and you know, anybody that tries to do a any, any kind of paranormal UFO event knows that you know, ninety nine point nine times out of a hundred, you're going to lose money on it. Right, right. So, so she's perilous. Yeah. So she's um, she's trying really hard this time, not you know, to. Um, put on a good show mainly. It's going to be more like a party for people. Just There'll be music there from cool bands and um, nobody haranguing you, no, no big, uh, you know, two-hour-long lectures about everything or not even an hour, um, just kind of bits and pieces and, and short pieces. And the longest thing is going to be a, a, a panel with um, various researchers, um, me and Adam Gorightly and uh, Walter Bosley and, um, this Hollywood producer guy who's uh, been studying UFO stuff and hasn't really said it. He's a casting director. Yeah. Hasn't really said anything about it in years. He's just one of those people in the background that kind of really knows their stuff. So that'll be interesting. Nice. Then maybe a couple other people, depending on who says yes. We're trying to get Nick to come, so we'll see. Awesome, awesome. All right, folks, so stay tuned for that. Now, the big news uh, coming out of L.A. here uh, broke just last week is uh, the sale of the Dodgers, $2 billion. I can't believe that. You must have been yeah, I think it was 2.1-something. Unbelievable. That guy made a fortune, dude. Yeah, that, that, that your, your buddy from, from Boston. <laughs> the parking lot king from Boston. Um, yeah, you know what? I've heard people on both sides. Yeah, if you want to talk about any baseball stuff in detail, I know a lot of, you know, have a lot of opinions about this situation in Los Angeles. Uh, the rest of the country, not so much. Maybe, you know, vague uh, rivalry thing with Angels and and, and uh, San Francisco and maybe Arizona. But um, the thing was that uh, a lo- one side of the equation, which is like almost everybody, they're like, you know, what a dick. How, how dare he make that much money? You know, and and run the team so badly as well. He didn't actually run the team badly. They actually went to the playoffs. I think three of the four years he owned it. Yeah, they they had a pretty good run for a while. Uh, they were doing pretty well. The thing is, in the background, he was like spending money wantonly on on junk left and right for his family and using Dodgers money that he he had leveraged anyway to buy the team to try and buy other stuff and shore up some of his other investments. And it was just, it was just terrible. So I will tell you the last. Game of the season, the home game, where we knew the Dodgers weren't in it, and you know, so big deal. I sat on the club level, which is like you know where all the offices are and everything. Yeah. Um, 
and as my wife and I are leaving, we see Frank McCourt, the owner, standing like 20 feet away from us, talking to somebody and like yakking it up and laughing. And we stood, we both stood there, like staring at him for a second. We're just thinking, should we go over and like punch him or say something? You know, uh, go go buy a, a hot dog and shove it in his face, or you know, what should we do? And then we just kind of looked at each other and said, you know what? It's it's not even worth it. And we left. And I, I still think that was the right decision. I did really want to go over and say something, like, how could you, and then just leave. But um, he probably so gets he, that a lot anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and the other side of the equation is, well, the guy made an investment. He, 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 you know, as a business decision and a businessman, he he really pulled it out. Yeah. You know, he just, he, he's, I think it was partly luck. Which is a lot of business, but he also, he, I think he knew what he was doing. I don't think he had any long-term plans to be with the Dodgers. He must not have because he started spending money on everything else. Right. So I, I think he just looked at it as a business opportunity, and he and he did well at it. And I I hate him for it, and I I still think he's a dick and all that. But as a business decision, it was great. You can't deny that. Now, do you know much about these new owners? Are you enthused, or I uh, know all this Magic Johnson ness of it all. Yeah, well, they keep sticking his name up there, and everybody that reads anything about it knows that he's probably the smallest investor in it. Right, that's what I figured. He's probably like... Like, you know, it's probably 5% his money. Yeah. But it's, you know, 99% his image in front of it, which is probably why, the, apart from the fact that they, they bid really high, that they were kind of favorites in the beginning and the running. Like, I, I don't know if Mark Cuban was in there, but like really early. And then there were, um, Joe Torrey had a group of people around uh, that was going for it, and then the Disney family, I think, had uh, had a group going. Um, and there was, uh, what I was really scared was that some Chinese group would buy the team. I'm like, oh, God, no. <laughs> Chinese. You can't have other countries owning baseball teams. It's just not right. I thought the Japanese owned the Mariners. They do, and I don't think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not racist or, uh, what's the word? Uh, Xenophobic? Xenophobic or, you know, uh, ethnocentric or anything like that. America... Or I'm not even that horribly patriotic, at least in the political sense, but it, it seems kind of wrong to me to have, you know, foreign countries owning American baseball teams. It just, or not foreign countries, but foreign interests. Yeah, yeah. I don't even weird. care if the team does well or not. It's just, you know, I think if the Mariners go to the World Series, I still think it's wrong. Um, I don't like it. Um, but, you know, what am I going to say? It should be illegal. Well, it probably shouldn't be illegal. Every other, you know, a bunch of businesses, lots of businesses, scores of them are owned by foreign companies. Um, yeah. So, you know, and, and just having the, the Chinese both own us and own the Dodgers would have been, like, the worst. So I'm glad they didn't get it. Um, and I think they, they bid that high just because they – it was, you know, everyone's like, why did they pay so much? Why did they pay so much? You know when you go on eBay and you want something really bad? And at some point it just becomes, I want the thing. I don't really care if I'm paying way too much for it. That's what happened. They just wanted to own it. Right. So they just said, here, nobody's going to match this, and nobody could. Exactly, yeah. So just like, they were so gung-ho about it that they just went crazy to make sure that they were the... Yeah, and it's the, the other – God, I can't remember all the investors, but the, the main one is like a Guggenheim business fund or something. Yeah, 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 I heard that, yeah. 
so. in, based in Chicago, which is bad enough, but that's all right. Um, and the other, the uh, one, the uh, new GM is going to be Stan Caston, who like lifted up the Braves when they were real hot. He's gotten the Nationals pretty much to where they are. Um, you know, Jason Worth, uh, notwithstanding. And uh, <laughs> now these guys take over right away. Is this like all set and done now? Are they are they already in charge, or is it, is it like a transition period? I think as of they had to okay it by April. I mean, um, the end of March. So it must be a done deal now because all the papers and everything had to be signed by March 31st. All right. I believe. So now it's, yeah, now it's a done deal. So they're going to start moving in and all that. And we're, we're going to go to opening day in about, in about two to three years, we might go to the World Series. <laughs> well, once, once we start pulling a Yankees and raiding everybody else. Well, the whole, the, the, the bull and Johnson thing seems so weird though, because it's like, it's just so antithetical or odd for, I know he's like a big, I know he's like one of the biggest celebrities in LA or whatever, but it's like, but he's like a basketball Hall of Famer. Now he's owning a baseball team. Yeah, Seems well, after he retired and you know got a, well HIV and retired, he's he started like all these businesses. He owns Magic Johnson Theaters and yeah. a bunch of Starbucks and stuff like that. He's not stupid. He knows what the hell he's doing. Oh no, I know that. I just mean like for a basketball player to own a baseball team is just weird. Well, you know. Well, I guess weirder things again. It'd be far worse for a, you know a bunch of uh, South African people or Russian mafia people or a, you know the Chinese or whatever. I, I far prefer Magic Johnson. It's not weird to me. It's not weird to anybody in L.A. It's just you know people come from outside of L.A. They reinvent themselves and they do whatever they want to do. So I guess this kind of fits in with it. Well, on that note, what do you think about Albert Rujols coming to your fair city? He didn't come to our fair city. He's in Anaheim. Oh. All right. Well, I thought they were the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Yeah, well, that was a marketing decision, which still pisses off everybody here. <laughs> in fact, maybe the new owners can really actually get to the point where they can they can sue them properly because uh, McCord never did it. I think they should take him to court somehow. I, I believe it was struck down, but if you have enough money, you can make a case for anything. But because you can't, you can't trademark a city. It's, I mean, it's public. It's like taking a picture of a building. You can't have somebody come out and tell you you can't take a picture of a building because it's public. Right. Um, and you can, you can name your your whatever you have, Los Angeles, anything, uh, including a multi-million dollar sports team. So, but they're, they, you know, maybe they can make a case that there's a there's a marketing thing there, and that they're. They can't call themselves the Los Angeles Angels. I don't know why they'd want to do it in the first place. I mean, like. The, 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 aren't they greedy enough? They have to try and get fans from Los Angeles, or do they have to? They have to let people. Nobody knows. What, you know, nobody knows what Anaheim is. I I was I grew up there, so I know. And most people in Southern California know, and most people from the around the world, if they know anything, know that Disneyland. That's there. what I was going to say. Yeah. How far away from LA is it? Like thirty miles. All right, so it's like was it would it be yeah, that'd be like you know, be like the Oakland the Oakland uh, Athletics of San Francisco. Like, no. What? Why? <laughs> <laughs> or well, yeah, well now it would have been the other way around ten years ago. But so what? Beyond that, what are your thoughts on Pujols coming to the to the region? I'd have rather seen him in the Dodgers, but that's about the, that's the only thought. Besides the fact that I think it'll carry them far, of course. Yeah. Are they, who else did they pick up? Some the Her Dan Heron, I think. Uh, C.J. Wilson from the Rangers. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they reloaded. They they, they look like they're going to be a battle there in the West. 
Yeah. I'm still not going to go to any games down there, I, I, unless the Dodgers are playing. I have gone to a few games. Like when um, Paul uh, uh, Kimball was here, we, we went to a couple games there. Now, did the were, were, were the Dodgers hampered by all this sale talk and change and business and all that to do anything yeah, definitely. in the offseason? They couldn't really do anything. They just kind of in limbo until they found out what was going on. They did re-sign Matt Kemp, though, right? Yes, they re-signed Matt Camp and Kershaw and, you know, and then next year, Loney, who nobody cares about, um, is probably going probably to go. And Ethier, who a lot of people like and care about, is probably going to go because he wants to go somewhere else to whine. And um, I can't remember else is free agent this next year. But, yeah, they're, I, I, I think they're, the Dodgers are going to go deep just because they're stars. A couple of them are, have something to prove. And the new guy, D. Gordon, the, the shortstop, who's – that guy kicks ass. He's he's got a lot to prove, and he, and he proved part of it last year. It's going to be fun watching him steal bases left and right. So you feel good about the team, then you're saying? Yeah, I feel good about it. I don't think they're going to go anywhere, you know, near the World Series or, or get very deep. But I think they're going to go pretty far. Yeah, I mean, if you'd asked me about the Cardinals last year, I would have been really. Uh, I never would have thought the Cardinals would do anything. So. Yeah, well, you know how I am about baseball. I sort of pay attention. Well, I pay very close attention to Southern California. I sort of pay attention to the AL, I mean, the NL and AL West, and I pay almost no attention to the rest of the country unless something, you know, really groundbreaking is going on, like Prince Fielder going to the uh, Tigers or whatever. Yeah. What do you think of that whole thing, all these shifts around, guys leaving? A lot of people leaving the National League, going to the American League. is going to be tougher for us in the American League. Yeah, that's League. true. Um... Well, I, yeah, I hope so. I mean, it, it, only in the last few years has the National League started winning series. Is, is. Oh, what do you think of this? Because I know that you're sort of an, a, a purist in a sense, and we've talked before about your dislike of the DH. Yeah. And how next year, not this year, but next year, they're going to have interleagues going to be going on all season long. You heard about that whole thing? No, I didn't even hear about that. See, see what I said just about a, about a minute ago about how much I pay attention. But that's interesting. Yeah, as part of the collective bargaining, the new uh, deal, the switching the Astros to the American League, right? And then it's going to be balanced, fifteen teams in each league, and they're going to have interleague all year round. So mm. looks like every team. I bet you every team plays every team. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like that. I don't know if I, you know, apart from the logistics of what you just said and the economics of it and the tradition of it and all that, I don't know if I have too much to say about that. But I, maybe it's just because it's been this way my whole life or the life I have watching baseball, which has only been about 10 years. Um, I, I'm not sure I really like it. I, why do I want to see a parade of different teams coming through every week? Right, right. It's going to be a huge. It's going to be a huge change. If anything, it'll be more for discussion on the 2013 episode. But uh, yeah, I find yeah. it interesting. Um, get more used to the idea. I, I think maybe the airlines are really happy about it. <laughs> sure, I'm sure some of these sort of like scrub teams are like you know, like the Pittsburgh Pirates are probably psyched if they get to play the Yankees and the Red Sox one series every year. Yeah, and be, have the floor wiped with them, yeah. You know, as long as you sell the tickets, they don't... They oh, boy, I'll get to see the Royals, finally. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's... I can't think of too much other real uh, baseball stuff uh, that I can ask you about that 
has been going on this off season. So, well, I wish I could bring more up. I mean, the the main story was that was the main LA. story was the sale. Yeah, they they were hampered by all that. So you know, Boston and New York, and maybe maybe the White Sox and the Cubs, their value all went up. I think New York's value went up by like like three times just because of that sale. Oh, like it just drove, yeah. Like once because those, those, are the, those are the them, only yeah. teams that have the the um, uh, media deal, you know, the the, the TV, radio, etc. deals to to justify those kind of prices. And if they can justify that in, in Los Angeles, they, you know, the, New York is the biggest yeah. market, right? Or the Northeast combined Boston, New York is the biggest market. So those teams' value just like increased exponentially, and. Um, that that it kind of pushed everything into a different level. Um, so I, you know, it, it, I hope it means. Well, it can't. It, there's nothing bad about this for Los Angeles Dodgers at all. I can't think of a bad thing about because there's oh they spent all the money on the team. Okay, you you buy a team and you want you know you get your TV deal and you know all that. Who's going to watch a losing team? Right, right. That, it's stupid to think that. Oh, they spent all the money on the team that I went left for, to, for player development. Oh, yes, they do. <laughs> yeah, they're not just going to buy the. Yeah, exactly. That's they like, that, they that's might have more. I'm almost certain they have more than any other team right now to build their to build start building again and and build the farm system, which is something that Caston says he wants to build up again because he did that with uh, Atlanta, and that's how they got. God, who come up came up out of the farm in Atlanta? Um, uh, um, Chipper Jones. Yeah, yeah, and a couple of their pitchers, I think. I'm sure, yeah. Uh, did Maddox come out of their farm? Maybe. I'm not sure. I'd have to look at that, that kind of anyway, thing. Anyway. You know, um, all those guys. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm glad that he's going to build the farm system up again because it's it, it used when I, like 10 years ago, I think it was the best one in baseball or very near the top. Now it's like in the middle somewhere, at least ranked. Well, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. They're They're in flux right now, but... I have a feeling they're going to be major players now. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like how we've seen the Rangers emerge as major players now. They have new ownership. Yeah, I, I, I could, I, you know, the two days after the sale, I actually wore something that said Dodgers on it, which I've been embarrassed to do for the past couple of years. <laughs> Are you going to be going to any games this year? Yeah, I got we got the little package of 25 games, and so we've picked a bunch of different ones. We got opening day. Opening day is a week from tomorrow. Wow. Because they're going to open in San Diego on Thursday. Right, and then they come back around to L.A. on Tuesday. Yeah, so I think their rotation, obviously, they're going to fix the rotations. I don't know how many they're playing down there, even if they're playing two or three. They're going to fix the rotation so Kershaw opens here. He has to. I mean, there's no way around it. And the, the the funny thing is, who are they opening with? Um, the Pirates. Oh boy! I think it's the yeah. It's not the Phillies. It's the Pirates. Like, you know why? No more Brian Stowe incidents. Oh yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I was pretty gruesome. What happened to that guy? Yeah, I mean that's another thing they kind of pinned on um, uh, McCourt, which you can because their their security was lax. And also, and my wife pointed this out, which was which was kind of amazing. The game ended at night. What the hell do you think people are going to do when it gets dark? Yeah, you know they played it against the biggest rival. Everybody hates them for whatever stupid reason, and 
and there's a bunch of idiots there yelling. I heard San Francisco fans yelling stuff. I said they're going to get the they're going to get the crap beat out of them. What are they stupid? Yeah, I don't understand. He may have been know. one of the people that was yelling. He doesn't deserve to be beaten within an inch of his life or even punched. But you know, the, 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 some of the San Francisco bands were just as bad. Right, right. Well, there's a certain like weird attitude with some people, and I'm not saying it was this guy or anything, but the, you certainly see it where it's like almost like the, like a purposeful antagonism that's like foolhardy. It's like, what are you, an idiot? Why would you, you know? No. They'll go What's like wrong with decked out in their team's colors and shit like that, and it's like, no. it's like, dude, you're going to the other stadium. Just be, you know, you can be a fan of your team. Be I wouldn't draw too much attention to it because people drink at these things and they're fucking idiots. Yeah, you know that's that's the other thing, and it's just I I can't believe there wasn't more that happened, and there probably was, but we just never heard about it because that guy went into a coma. Right, right. There's probably plenty of people who get like black eyes and broken noses and shit that you don't even hear about. But I see fights. I used to see fights all the time. After that, after that last year, the security was beefed up considerably. Too little, too late. Um, but this year, you know, they're starting it, so the game, it's, they're going to start it at 1 o'clock, so it ends in the daylight. Because last year they started it at like 3 or 4 or something. We were thinking, what the hell are they doing this for? It's opening day, yeah. not opening night. Well, so bad enough they moved it all to Thursdays now. At least you got your opening day. Well, ours is Tuesday. It used to be Monday. I mean, every year it's been Monday. This year it's Tuesday. I don't know why. Anyway, I think it's all in furtherance of, you know, not having people get agitated. I mean, what? who's going to get mad at, at, at Pirates fans? <laughs> at least in L.A., I mean. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, most likely the Dodgers are going to mow them down, and there's a Whatever few fans there are from of the uh, uh, Pittsburgh are going to be go quietly, and it's not going to be any big deal. Right, right, right. You presume they're at least pretty respectful. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing is, you, you're hardly going to have any of them there because you know San Francisco. They can just drive down here. Right, exactly. exactly. They can have tons of people. I see people wearing San Francisco stuff at non-San Francisco games. I don't know what's wrong with them, but that's what they do. That's that, that antagonismness. I guess it is. They just they just want to. Whatever. I mean, I go to when I go to see games in other stadiums. If the Dodgers play somewhere else, I don't wear Dodger stuff because I don't want people bothering me, looking at me, throwing things at me. Exactly. Exactly. I would just rather be anonymous. Exactly. I will cheer, and they'll they'll find out that I'm rooting for my home team. But I don't, you know, I don't make a big, I don't make a, I don't advertise it right. on my body. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Are you ready for the predictions? Yeah. <laughs> Don't sound so excited. Anyone could win. Now, you know how they added an extra wild card team this year, right? Yes, that's right. So I think that will break all the tiebreakers we've had in the past. And uh, the, for the record, the, the wild cards, they're not weighted. So if you pick, like, two teams, no matter who came in first for wild card, second for wild card, doesn't matter. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so you don't have to be that specific on, on wild cards, like who came in yeah. first and second and that shit. All right. Uh, since you're National Leaguer, we'll start on the National League. Uh, let's go with the National League East. Who you got? Um, for playoffs? I yeah. Mean, um, what did I put here? Phillies, Braves. Which one? Oh, who will win it? Who do you have winning the National League East? Yeah. National League, oh, okay. Um, what did I put down? 
Phillies Braves. You know what? Everybody's all hot in the Phillies and this and that, and they've been really good, so I'm going to go with Braves. All right. In the Central? Uh, Brewers Cards. Go with Cards. Unfortunately, I'd like the Brewers to do something, but I think they're not going to make it. All right. So St. Louis, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. And in the West? Um... I was going to say um, D-backs in San Francisco, but I just can't. So I'm going to say D-backs, Dodgers, and there's really not much question there that Diamondbacks are a lot better set up than the Dodgers, so it'll be Diamondbacks. All right. What, did you have it narrowed down to two or something on all these? Well, I, I said I, mine was who's going to play and who's going to win uh, for the for the divisions. Okay, so like who's going to be in it, you mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like the National League West will come down to D-backs and Dodgers. The Diamondbacks will win it. All right. Central will be Brewers and Cardinals. Cardinals will win it that way. Okay, I understand now. I was just confused. Yeah. And then who do you have for the two wild cards? For uh, National League? Yeah. You know, I didn't write those down. Oh, you know what? Uh, Giants for wild card. And... Um, Marlins. All right. Nice. Nice. Like that. Taking some chances here. I like it. Yeah. All right. And it'll be, and since I can't say Giants, I'll say Marlins over Giants. All right. <laughs> In the uh, American League East. AL East. Okay. I'll stop. No, I, I want to say who. Uh, Boston, Tampa, and uh, Boston's in it so many times, but. Um, What's I think their their pitching is down a little bit or something like that. Yeah. What my my exact reasoning? Boston, Tampa, and I said Tampa because Tampa hasn't been in it in a while. Well, they've sort of been in it, but never never very far. Right, right. They're so touch and go. Yeah. All right. So let's give them a chance this year and say Tampa. <laughs> okay. In the American League Central. Um, Twins and Tigers, and because of the Prince Fielder uh, uh, effect, Tigers. All right. And in the American League West? Um, I can't even read my writing. Oh, Angels. Does that say Mariners? Angels, Mariners, Angels, of course. Okay. Now, it doesn't make me happy to say it, but Angels. I mean, God, they've overloaded. What the hell? How, how could you get around it? Exactly. And who do you have for the wild card in the American League? Um... I'm going to say Yankees wild card. <laughs> That's really stupid. Um, and Rays, and, and since nobody likes the Yankees, I'll say Rays. No, you already picked the Rays for the American League East. I right, did I? Oh, I'm sorry. It's all right. Okay, um, then Sox. All right. So Yankees. Yankees, Sox, and it sucks. Well, there's two wild cards. So you picking them both? Oh, yeah, why not? <laughs> Oh, you mean of all the AL? Oh, okay, right. then, then I, I will expand it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rangers, probably still okay, so I will, I will say uh, Rangers as wild card. Okay, so who are the two then for wild card? Rangers and Red Sox? Yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> what I meant. Sorry, I was going back to it. The other one was, yeah, Red, yeah, Red Sox, yeah. Okay. And then who do you have winning the whole National League? Don't. Huh? Who do you have winning the whole National League? Um, Diamondbacks. Wow. Okay. 
They're deep, man. They're gonna. I think they're gonna do really well. Interesting choice. All right. Well, we're not talking to the Silver Slugger Award winner for the National League, so you know what you're talking about. Yeah, it doesn't sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, I think my my baseball picks are like you know um, probably seventy five percent emotion and twenty five percent actually taking a look at things. That's a, you know. Get those percentages almost right there. <laughs> really? No, well, it's probably even higher. It's it's probably even higher on the emotional side. Anyway. And who do you have coming out of the American League? Uh, Angels. All right. So an Angels-Diamondbacks World Series? Yes. And who do you have winning it all? Unfortunately, the Angels. <laughs> all right. Some bold choices, some interesting choices. Uh, but I think we're going to have a good year all around, uh, with a lot of people making different choices this year, so it's going to be a, a pretty topsy-turvy, uh, prediction contest. Do I got to wait until, uh, until the show comes out of here what other people said? I'll probably compile them, like, this week and, and oh, okay, uh, okay. and post them, send them around. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've, 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 angels I feel very strong. I mean, I don't like it, like I said, but the, God, they've overloaded, so. Right, right. They have high expectations. Sometimes that works out. Sometimes it's a nightmare. Yeah, sometimes sometimes they've uh, you know they choke, but their their pitching's great, and they added pool holes to a bunch of other good hitters, and they're not that old, and so I think they're they're poised. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll put your picks in the vault, and uh, what do we have to look forward from you in 2012? Aside from the Russia UFO convention, anything else going on? <laughs> Um, I've got a project I'm working on with Go Rightly, and I just I'm just going to keep doing my show and and posting them. I'm I'm putting up today a a long lost rare Bill Moore interview from like six years ago. Awesome, awesome. And folks can find out about that at RadioMysterioso.com, of course. Yes, thank you. All right, buddy. Well, it's always good to talk to you. Uh. Thanks once again for coming on the baseball special. Best of luck in the predictions contest, and I'll be keeping a close eye on what your Dodgers do now that they're uh, under the under new auspices. Yeah, now that they're now that they're richer than anybody, so we'll see what happens. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't. That doesn't guarantee anything, as everybody knows, but we'll see. Exactly. All right. Have a good uh, spring and summer, my friend. You too. Thanks, Tim. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Ladies and gentlemen, we continue onward here with the BOA Audio 2012 Baseball Special. And joining me now, once again, I think this is his... Well, you've been on all the baseball specials, so it's probably your fifth appearance here uh, to talk baseball. And he's been on numerous times in the program to talk about the world of uh, crackpot history. And he's got a new book out titled Happy Trails to High Weirdness, a Conspiracy Theorist's Tour Guide, which he'll be talking about later on on BOA Audio Season 7. I'm talking about the crackpot historian himself, Adam Rightly. Welcome back to the baseball special, my friend. Thank you, Tim. As always, I am humbled and honored to be on your august program. <laughs> Now you're, spanning, the, spanning the globe for, uh, they used to say on Wide World of Sports, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're reaching out to all the baseball fans and all the, uh, disgruntled paranormal listeners who are wondering why I'm putting out this baseball show, uh, in the middle of my downtime. But just sit back and enjoy it, folks. It's going to be a good time. Now, what happened to your, 
to your beloved Giants here. They went from the uh, penthouse to the outhouse this past season, dude. What you know? Well, I wouldn't say the outhouse. Well, they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, they weren't in last place though. That's true. All right. Bust post Buster got busted up. Oh. They had injuries. A uh, Panda was injured for a while, and they just didn't. They had yeah, they sucked actually. They did. They had the worst. Uh, some of the worst hitter, hitting in the history of uh, baseball. But uh, even the, with that, their pitching kept them in it at least three quarters of the season until that uh, the poor uh, hitting uh, caught up with them. So yeah, yeah, they were pretty awful. It was uh, injuries. All right. Well, you brought up the uh, the injury there to the catcher. That was quite the story for. Uh for a while there in the, in, the, in the sports news cycle. What did you think of that whole thing? Are you outraged, like the GM was, who said that people should beat him up or some crazy shit like that? Well, that, yeah. Brian Sabian, he, I forget what he uh, said, but uh, he uh, retracted those uh, statements. You know, it was kind of a spur in the heat of the moment. <laughs> I feel, what the hell did he say? <laughs> I think he said he should, like, never be allowed on the diamond again or something crazy yeah, like that. Yeah, that, that might have uh, what eventually happened, I forget what the guy's name was, but I don't think he's in the majors now, but no, nah, everybody got a, you know, the, uh, Posey was the, uh, you know, he was a big reason they won the uh, World Series, and you get a couple months into the season, it's like, holy crap, he's, this is some serious stuff here, you know, career-threatening uh, injury, so, yeah, I think most fans were, uh, and, you know, People on the Giants were pretty uh, fired up there initially until cooler heads prevail. Right. You know, those, those things uh, happen. It's like uh, Pete Rose in that All-Star game way back when. Everybody thought what a cool, heroic dude he was for blowing up the, the catcher. I think his name was Ray Fossing. We're going back. This is screwing yeah. the demographics all up, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll live there already. Yeah, if it had, you know, if this had been in the playoffs too, or the uh, World Series, and it was a uh, pull hose, or some other big star taking out Posey, they would have said, "Oh, what a hard-nosed, gritty player!" But this was, you know, some buddy nobody knew, and you took out the big star of the Giants. Uh, but uh, I mean, those things happen. There are a few of those plays every year, unfortunately, and part of it could probably be blamed on. Posey that he didn't set himself up right, you know, for taking that hit, or he shouldn't have taken that hit, so, yeah, I'm not fired, I'm just hope, hopefully he can uh, come back here, and he's looking pretty good, and come back and have a decent career. Now, what are your thoughts, I the, the story that was kind of coming up last year uh, in the offseason, too, this past offseason made me think of you, uh, what are the odds the Giants are going to be able to keep Lincecum when the time comes? Well, that's the question. Right now they're uh, focusing on uh, if they're going to be able to re-sign Matt Cain, mm-hmm. who's also going to be, <laughs> he's going to be, uh, you know, the, uh, what do they call him, the uh, players' uh, union or whatever. They're pushing for him to max out his contract and get everything he can with the uh, Giants, you know, looking for uh, multi-year you know, triple in the hundreds of millions. So if they sign Matt Cain, they got to figure this out here 
pretty shortly or they're going to have to deal in mid-season if they want to get something for him. If, if that happens, and, you know, they're he's looking for <clears throat> upwards to $25 million a year, a long-term contract, oh, five Jesus. to seven years. If they <laughs> sign him, are they going to be able to sign Lincecum? So it might be a choice between one or the other. And uh, who knows what the best choice would be if you look at Kane's numbers over the years. He's been a stud, too, and people who get in all the nerdy stuff about looking at pitchers, mechanics, and all that stuff, and who's a who might be around longer, hold up longer, it might be Kane. So I think they're not going to be able to keep both of those guys over the long term. They're going to have to make a decision. I'd keep Lenska. Yeah, well, Lincecum, he's the uh, star. He's the big draw. Of course, <laughs> that's who everybody wants to uh, – they don't want to lose him. He's the rock star. But Yeah. Uh, who would you take, though? You're, you see more games than I do. You're almost an expert. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in, this, in this realm. <laughs> I probably would like – well, uh, my heart says Lincecum. Uh, my head would say Kane. Is there a big age difference? Nah, they're about the same, uh, let's see, I think they're about the same age. Hmm. And, you know, Kane's put up great uh, numbers, you know, as far as innings pitched and earned run average and all that stuff, but uh, he has, for a career, I think he has a losing record, but that's because playing on the Giants, they don't get him any runs. Yeah. You know, so he's been a victim of that whole thing. Uh, boy, it's it's a toss-up. Signing these pitchers long term too, man. It's just uh, you're rolling the dice, you know. <laughs> you sign this guy to uh, whatever hundred plus million dollars over five years or so, and he gets injured in the first year, and you're like uh, screwed. You got all your money invested in pitchers, which is a good investment, but you can't bring in any other free agents. That's what happened with Barry Zito. I mean, they're still. Yeah. They're still dealing with his contract. He has a couple more years, you know. Everybody just can't wait to the day till they get him off the books. Yeah, it's weird with these pitchers. It seems like they sign them to, like, a five-year deal or something, with the exception of, like, very few guys, like maybe, like, CC Sabathia or something. You end up getting, like, every other year or something is, like, a crap year. Yeah, what... If you're lucky, you know, like, maybe you get, like, half the years or any good, it seems. Well, yeah, there's less incentive. What Lincecum has done, they've been signing him to, like, one-year contracts. And if you stay healthy, you make more money doing it that way, you know? Yeah. A pitcher does, and it, uh, yeah, so we'll see. I, I hate to have lose either one of those guys, but they probably will. I just can't see them being able to uh, afford to keep them both. And they, they have... Uh, Bumgardner too. They got him locked up for a while, so they're, you know, they're in decent shape even if they do lose Kane or Lincecum. Now, did they make any free agent signing that got you interested at all? That excited you? Did they sign anyone I would know of? Uh, they got Milky Cabrera. Oh, the milkman. Yeah. Nice. I don't know too much about him, but uh, yeah, I was talking to you before. He said he's pretty good. Uh, he's pretty good. Yeah. Angel Pagan. That name sounds familiar, yeah. Yeah, he's another one of those names you heard, but uh, but then they also got uh, oh crap. 
Like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah, I can't even th- tell you the guy's uh, name. They had somebody come out of spring training here. He's going to make the uh, team. Gregory has uh, got a lot Latin last, last name, but he's uh, this is great for a <laughs> interview. But he's impressed a lot of people. I think he's like uh, just blown up the uh, Cactus League. So, and then uh, other signings. Uh, Nothing be beyond uh, Pagan and uh, Cabrera, but they've added a lot more speed with these guys, so it's going to be a different look. Uh, giants. Yeah. Then they have you know these players that kind of been waiting in the uh, wings that a lot of people are expecting stuff out of Brandon Belt and uh, the shortstop uh, Crawford, Brandon Crawford. I think is he's a Brandon too that. Uh, you know, great defensively, but really fell short uh, hitting. So if these guys start coming around, you know, they got some seemingly it looks like some good young uh, players. And Panda is going to be, uh, he's healthy this year. When he's healthy, he usually does good. And so uh, I think it'll be a good year for him. You feel good about the prospects for the year? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. As I said, you're a resident Giants fan. How are they going to fare against uh, Greg Bishop's kind of reeling uh, Dodgers there that have their uncertain ownership? I would hope they'd kick their asses. Okay, yeah. <laughs> who, who, who knows? Uh, <laughs> we can we can guess, but, you know, in the season starts, you always have some team that comes out of nowhere. It's like who is expecting the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, you know. Everybody was thinking the Giants were going to repeat. I know, I know. It seems like a lot of teams I back mm-hmm. in previous years end up fucking coming to the surface a few years later, and the ones I, you know, after I've already given up on them. So, yeah, you never know. And they got that new that new ownership gets in there in L.A. You know, they they might be doing some big stuff on the uh, free agency, so they could turn that around real quick. That's true. That's true. All right. Should we do some uh, predictions? Are you ready to uh, ready. to make some calls here on the year? Mm-hmm. Oh, I wanted to also actually before we get to that. Well, what do you what do you know about this Cody Ross character? He's playing for the Red Sox now. I'm a big fan already. I think he's oh, awesome. he's a cool he's a cool dude. I mean, uh, just as far as a dude, <laughs> a good fellow. Everybody loved Cody. Okay. Yeah. And you know, of course, uh, as he became known to. Uh, Phillies fans, you know what his middle name was? Fucking? Nick, 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 yeah, Cody fucking Ross. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you remember what he did in the uh, playoffs a couple years ago? So he is kind of uh, has that reputation as a uh, clutch hitter, but also a streaky hitter. Okay. He seems like a really good guy, the interviews and stuff I've heard from him. So the uh, Boston fans are digging him so far, huh? Yeah, I like him a lot. He's doing really well, and uh, he seems to have the right personality for the area and yeah. shit. They needed, you know, he's kind of, he's kind of Pedroia-esque. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about about that. Yeah, kind of addition. a uh, fun-loving guy. Seems to enjoy playing the game. Exactly. Not afraid yeah. to get dirty. Yep. All right. Now that we've got go rightly seal of approval on Cody Ross, we can get to the predictions. <laughs> yeah, hate to hate to lose him, but they had to make some moves, you know. So. Exactly, they, yeah. They didn't re-sign him, being the Giants. Now we can do the predictions. What do you, uh, 
we'll start in the National League since that is your home turf, and uh, we will do uh, first the NL East. Who you got? Let me pull that up. Yeah, get get your get your uh, divisions up. You know how I always have a, a method. Yeah, what's your business? what's your method this time? None, none of them seem to work so far, but uh, started with the Costanza method a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And that bombed out. None of it ever seems to work, but uh, I forgot what I did last year. I did better than uh, Bishop. I saw I got two out of eleven, and Greg got one out of eleven. I believe so. Let me call that up while I'm talking to you. Yes. How do you do that? How does somebody uh, do that bad? <laughs> if, you, if you tried, you couldn't do that bad. Yes, before tiebreakers, uh, Bishop had zero out of eleven, and you had one out of eleven. So you bested Bishop. Okay, I got they got a, a method here. All right. Yeah. One year you were also then you then you you toyed with some kind of uh, payroll based system. Mm-hmm. I, that didn't work. I was surprised too. I thought I was going to play it safe and look at the teams who spend the most mon- money because if you look at that over like a ten year period, that's <laughs> the teams that are winning. You know, those the Yankees and the Red Sox, and but uh, you get these teams. Uh, Sneaking through. Yeah. Surprising you know, like the damn uh, devil rays. Exactly. Then I remember one year you also did the uh, the uh, teams you hate or places oh, you hate. Oh, yeah. Shit, you remember this stuff better than me. Yeah. So my method this year is who would Jesus pick? Wow. This is like a Tim Tebow. Yeah, com- coming off the success of Tebow, maybe... Uh, you know how he got on a roll there with Jesus. So. Okay. Wow. This will work for me. So we'll start with the National League East. Mm-hmm. Who would Jesus pick? You know, and if you look at the uh, teams here, you got the uh, Philadelphia Phillies, Atlanta Braves. Now we'll eliminate the uh, Braves right off the uh, top of the because they're uh, Braves, Indians, Heathens. Yeah. So we'll eliminate them. Uh, the Mets, Nationals, Phillies. Uh, I don't know if uh, Jesus would have any uh, like any of those teams over the others. But then there's the Florida Marlins. Yeah. And you know, like uh, fishes are creations of God. And that's true. So that's who Jesus is going to go with, or I'm going to go with on Jesus's recommendation. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Florida Marlins. You've managed to top yourself once again here with this uh the strategy. We'll see how this works here. Yeah, you could you could go all the way here with this. Okay. So the uh then we have the NL Central. Okay, so you got the Brewers. Uh I don't think uh God would uh you know approve on all the uh, beer drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh Cardinals, they're under consideration. Those are creatures created by the Lord. That's true. The Reds, that makes me think of communists, so forget them. Yeah, or the devil. Pi- pirates are bad, right? Uh, absolutely. Cubs are animals of the earth. God loves them, so we got ber- uh, cardinals and cubs. Astros, I don't know what the hell those are. That's not of the earth, so... Uh, and I think the Cardinals are better than the Cubs, so I'll go with... 
Jesus and I will, this is like a, uh, we came to this decision together. <laughs> St. Louis Cardinals, it was a consensus. All right, so St. Louis is your National League Central pick. And then we got we got two wild cards this year. Yeah, well, we still have to do. Yes, we do. Okay, we'll get we'll get back to those. So we'll go to the West. Um, <clears throat> Diamondbacks, snakes, evil, no good. They're out of the running. <laughs> I love this. I've uh, never thought about this before in my yeah. life. This is why it's brilliant. The giants are in the Bible. There's stories of giants. Indeed. So, okay, they're going to be in the running. Rockies, God created heaven and earth, as well as the mountains and stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're in the running. Ah, this is where I, it's kind of a quandary here. The I was just thinking Padres, this. San Diego Padres. Oh, it seems like a no-brainer, though. They kind of go, they're going up to the top here. And then you have the uh, Dodgers. <clears throat> and, you know, what the hell, Dodgers, but they're Los Angeles, City of the Angels. Wow. There's a lot going on in this one. Yeah. So, who, so who would, uh, well, you look at the uh, Dodgers and the uh, Padres, Angels, Padres. I think Angels are of a higher order than Padres, right? I would assume so. And then, uh, just because I like the Giants, I think I'll, uh, well, let's go with the uh, Giants. Okay. Winning the division and then the uh, Dodgers, the City of the Angels, as one of our wild card teams. Okay. And then yeah. for your second wild card team. How is this wild card working? Can the, uh, it's just the best record, so you could have two wild cards from the same division? Right, right. You know how, like, the original wild card was whoever didn't win their division but had the best record? Yeah. Now it's the next, now it's also the team under them. Okay, make Jesus happy, we'll go with the Padres. Okay. So to recap, you've got Miami for the East, St. Louis for the Central, the Giants for the West, and then the Dodgers and the Padres battling it out for the wild card. I know it's crazy, but... It just might work. I, I can't do worse than last year. It's impossible. And just to clarify, although I'm sure I'll have clarified it earlier in the show, uh, for scoring purposes, we score, it's transposed wild cards. You don't have to get, you know, the right order on who gets a wild card. Mm-hmm. So whoever gets sure. you know. All right. <laughs> um, Adam actually helped me decide that moments before we started taping, so he deserves okay, credit. Okay, sure. <laughs> All right, now in the American League, American League East. Okay, first off, let's see, we're going to eliminate the Devil Rays for obvious reasons. Okay, well now they did drop the Devil part of their name, but I know it's they too prefer late. to call themselves the Rays these days, but we st- we still know about their devilish pedigree. That's true. The devil's in the details. I don't think uh, under any conditions would Jesus endorse them. Okay. Right? I I agree. uh, The Red Sox can also be eliminated, I think, mainly because red is the color of the devil. Okay. Uh, And I don't think uh, Jesus would like guys like uh, whoever hype themselves like Bobby Valentine. Uh Uh-oh. (laughs) <laughs> you like that, dude? <laughs> I'm not sure yet how I feel about him. 
I, I, it's, 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 you'll, you'll probably get tired of them pretty soon, like Rex Ryan. Yeah, it goes day to day. It's really it's a it's a roller coaster. I'm not sure how I feel, how I feel yeah. about it. Yeah, one day I'm like, I like what he said, and the next day I'm like, what an asshole. Why do you say that? He's an idiot. Uh, so I'm not sure yet how I feel. Okay, so who you have left then? Uh, the Yankees, Toronto, and Baltimore. Okay. So both the Orioles, you have the Orioles and the Blue Jays, they're birds, and birds, you know, once again, they're creations of God. So they're in the running, but uh, uh, since both those teams suck, I think Jesus would go with the Yankees. So that's what I'm going to do. Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) You're making me question my faith, but okay. But okay, all right. So the central division. Then. I'm not trying to convert anybody. I'm <laughs> trying to find a system that, uh, of course, if I use the same system every year, I'd be choosing the same teams. That's true. So yeah, it's just a one-year deal. So where are we at? The central. Yes. Uh, the central. Let me pull that up. Uh, we have. So you got the uh, Cleveland Indians, but uh, and since Indians are heathens. And they worship animals and nature spirits will eliminate them from the running. You have the tigers. They're an animal. Once again, you know mm-hmm. how that works. But uh, tigers are sometimes bad kitties. That's true. So let's just hang on a second. Let's look at the rest of the team. Chicago White Sox, you know, it's kind of like an anti-Red Sox. White is good. So that's going to counts for some points. Kansas City Royals, I don't know what the hell a Royal is, so forget them. Minnesota Twins, Twins are often evil, right? You've heard about evil twins? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so we got, uh, let's go with Detroit. I think they're, they'll be good kitties and win the Central Division. All right. Jesus concurs. Okay. I like the pause there. Uh, yeah, I was waiting <laughs> to check in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, okay, so the West, of course, uh, Jesus is going to take the Angels every time. That seems like a no-brainer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. But I think he would like the Texas Rangers also. Okay. Because like uh, you know, the Texas Rangers are good guys in the old West. That's true. Shooting them heathen uh, animal worshiping Indians. Indeed. So we'll go. We'll make Texas uh, probably uh, a wild card. The Oakland A's there. I don't know what the hell that name is. And Mariners, nah, forget them. So we're set up here with the Angels to win the West, and one of the wild cards is Texas. And let's look at the other teams again. Probably. Let's go with the White Sox. All right. Just because, you know, they're good. They represent good with White Sox. All right. Very interesting. Nice. So those are your picks for the AL and the NL. Now let's let's get down to business on, on you know, who takes the pennants. So yeah. in the American League, you've, uh, you've offered up the Yankees, the Tigers, the Angels, the Rangers, and the White Sox. Who do you see walking out of that? Who would Jesus pick? Out of that group, I I think the Angels. There you go. All right. 
That's my pick. That's my final answer. Okay, and then on the other side, in the National League, you've got the Marlins, the Cardinals, the Giants, the Dodgers, and the Padres. So, who do you see coming out of that? <clears throat> oh, boy. That's a tough one. Let's go uh, Angels versus Angels, the Los Angeles uh, Dodgers. Wow. And the Angels in all L.A. World Series. That would be awesome. I'd come out there for that. And since the Angels are more Angels than the Dodgers, the uh, Anaheim, or they call themselves the Los Angeles Angels now, the Angels Angels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Los Angeles Angels yeah, of Anaheim. Like saying, saying the Angel Angels. I got the double Angel whammy, so that's my pick. All right, based on the double Angel whammy, I like that. <laughs> All right. Well, those are the Go Rightly. What's there you that? have it. Courtesy of uh, Adam Go Rightly and Jesus himself. Yep. The picks from uh, Camp Go Rightly. All right. Very interesting. I'll put them in the vault for uh, for next year special. You need to, you need a big uh, vault that slams. Boom. <laughs> I'll see if I can get that sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it wouldn't be. Uh, it wouldn't be your annual appearance on the baseball special if we didn't briefly talk about basketball. So what's going on with your, uh, your beloved Lakers? They're looking good. What are you talking about? They look terrible. <laughs> when, did you, when did you see them? I don't know, around Christmas. No, they, they made, uh, they got rid of, uh, Derek Fisher and got this, uh, point guard, Ramon Sessions. I saw that, yeah, they got rid of Derek Fisher. So they've been, the dynamics of the team have changed. They're a little more up-tempo. This guy provides easier shots, and I think there's a good chemistry there. What do you think of the new coach? He's okay. All right. Seems, uh, I kind of like him. He's not the guy that's going to get pushed around easily. There was a little controversy last night because he, quote-unquote, benched Kobe. In a game they lost, Kobe got all frustrated. I think he just pulled Coach Brown pulled him out because of that, just to cool him down. But Kobe didn't blow up afterwards in any of the uh, media interviews. So you know they got these little these teams got pumps in the roads. But I think they they're looking a lot better. I think they'll uh, you know they could do they could surprise folks. You know the obvious. Uh, team in the West that uh, everybody's picking now is uh, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. Who, yeah, they can be lights out, man. They got some studs. Then uh, San Antonio Spurs will look good. So That's what I hear. Yeah, I'm looking at the standings yeah. now. So Yeah, any of those teams come out of there. The thing about the Lakers, they got that. They, you know, get their act together. They got the best front line. Are you upset that the Chris Paul trade got next? He must be outraged. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> if only all sports fans could have your perspective, there wouldn't be so many bar fights. Yeah, at the time, you know, it's like, ah, that kind of sucked because of, uh, Stern made the call on that. Who the hell, you know, <laughs> I don't think he had a right to butt in there. And all because the NBA were, are the owners of the, uh, New Orleans, New Orleans Hornets, their GM wanted to make the uh, trade, but uh, the league stepped in, and the league owns the team. It's this messy. I conspiracy, right? Yeah, I, 
<laughs> I don't know. Stern had his reasons for doing it. I don't. I think I didn't think he wanted the balance of power to shift over to uh, L.A. again so soon. I don't know if that would have put the Lakers over the uh, top. Maybe uh, in the long run it works out uh, better. So you know. All right. What, ha- what happens happens. Very uh, cool-headed uh, response. E- even uh, last year, I was uh, I was happy to see the Mavericks win. I was too. I hate fucking Miami. Dirk Nowinski's a cool dude, it seems like, and uh, the Lakers were a bunch of pouting little babies about it. So yeah, I don't care for that Andrew Bynum. I don't like how he glows on that guy. No, that was uh, Bush League's. So. Yeah, ridiculous. The Lakers won for a couple of years now, you know. I predict the Lakers lose in the Western Conference Finals. Hmm. That's to the uh, Oklahoma City. Well, you can't tell for sure who they're going to. Yeah, I don't know who they're going to lose to, but yeah. I think they'll lose. And uh, just for your amusement, I'll say the Celtics will lose in the second round. They won't even make <laughs> They're, they're going to lose somewhere. <laughs> yeah. At this rate, it looks like they're supposed to play fucking Miami. So that, that doesn't I look, don't, I don't even feel too sorry good. for them. They're not that good. So. Ah, I'm frustrated with them. <laughs> You know, uh, it's a, it's a. Yeah, I I would predict. I don't think Miami's. I think uh, the Thunder could beat Miami. I think so. I think Chicago will beat Miami anyway. I hope. So. Mm, yeah, that, that could be. They're, they're pretty close. So, so yeah, we'll see be, what happens. That's it. The uh, Thunder, when those guys get rolling, man, they're man. What do you think of this aborted season? I kind of like it actually. I wish they would do this more. I wish it was that was how the season always worked. Yeah, you get the uh, well. Yeah, I think the uh, the uh, there's too many games. It's like in all these sports, they want to. Uh, well, that's for sure. Yeah, push baseball into like uh, you know what uh, even push that later on. You know, and you get into all the nasty weather and stuff. It's like ridiculous. Come on, man. right? Yeah, so. there's too many games. Football, professional football. They're trying to do it. That's. Just what those guys, <laughs> players need more games to get injured and stuff. I know, I know. I just like how there used to be like two games a week for every team in the NBA. Now it's oh, like yeah, you get four, that's which is fun. better. You're going to get a, at least a couple good games a week. Yeah, you squish them all in, you know. It can't be that bad. Give them, give them like three or four years, they get used to it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'd rather that than like how the season stretch out from October all the way to fucking June. Yeah, they don't... Uh, Starting on Christmas the, Day is a great great way to do it. Early in the season, it's kind of... It's usually uh, ugly, and they don't care as much. Then, you know, towards the end of the season, they're holding players out, you know, for the playoffs. So, why do you need... I think their regular season is 80 games or something. Why do you need that many? Why not, why not 40? <laughs> God only knows. I know. Well... But it's all money, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Just like football and baseball, that's why they're adding all these wild cards and stuff. I mean, it's it's kind of good for the fans when their team's right on the uh, bubble there, and you know. <laughs> so yeah, you know, if the Giants make it as the second uh, wild card, I'll be ecstatic. But you know, where do you stop? Why don't you just? <laughs> Somebody was saying they ought to have like a. Uh, that all this stuff, he was just joking, some guy heard on sports radio for the NBA, just have, do it like the uh, NCAA, just have a uh, 
one game of elimination with all the teams, pro teams. Well, I heard one uh, <laughs> one idea that was similar to that, but one that I actually like was uh, the seven teams that normally get in for each side get in, and then for the last spot you have a fucking everybody left tournament. Yeah, to get the good. last spot, that would be pretty good. I, I'd, I'd get behind that. Now, how exciting would that be if that team who won that made a run, won a championship? Now, exactly. Yeah. See, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, the eighth team, anyway, they're just. It could be anybody. It's whoever gets uh, lucky or doesn't get a player injured. They barely squeak through, you know. So, right. Yeah. So add some excitement to it. Yeah, that's a good idea. Thank you. It's not mine. It's uh, Bill Simmons <laughs> from ESPN. So give him credit. Oh. <laughs> all right, so that's that's all our sports discussion here for the year. Uh, but I, I kind of bought I'm, I'm sure you. I'm sure your regular listeners will thank you for that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I kind of well, they're they're not they're not going to be too happy then with my wall to wall Olympic coverage. So oh, <laughs> that could be ugly. I know. Are you, are you serious? No, no. Okay. <laughs> what do you know about curling? <laughs> uh, it's not a sport. <laughs> wow, that's bold. Paul Kimball's going to take issue with that one. Oh, yeah, some Canadian. <laughs> that's a sport. <laughs> um, Do you, does he like, well, he also likes uh, Billy Joel and Rick Springfield, so. Yikes. <laughs> I'm telling you. That's scary. So consider the source. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I kind of botched it here uh, when I started because I haven't. This is the first of the uh, baseball segments that I've taped for the year. But uh, you know, usually I try to start off with what have you been up to. But I, I, like I said, I fucked that all up. So let, let's sort of wrap it all up here with uh, tell us about the new book. Uh, you're going to be on the program in a few weeks once the season gets underway to talk to us in depth about it. But it is uh, Happy Trails to High Weirdness, and folks mm-hmm. can pick it up right now uh, via Amazon. But you know, give us a little preview of that. Hmm, it's kind of uh, semi-biographical, uh, autobiographical of uh, adventures and uh, people I've met along my path of high strangeness. Uh, kind of focuses on the uh, uh, the West and the Great Southwest. A lot of you know, uh, recount uh, Adventures I've taken to conspiracy conferences and UFO conferences and weird experience I've had in my own life. So that's in a uh, nutshell, that's kind of it. We'll get into more depth here whenever we uh, get to doing your show. But it's, yeah, it's available on uh, Amazon.com now. So real real happy with the uh, book thus far and uh, making a few sales of it here and there. So it's going pretty good. Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah, folks, go check that out on Amazon.com. It's uh, Happy Trails to High Weirdness, a Conspiracy Theorist's Tour Guide. And uh, like I said, we're going to be talking about it in-depth on the program in a few weeks or so, so be sure to tune back in for that one, folks. And how soon is this interview going to air? Uh, around opening day, so okay. within Maybe, a week uh, or so, sometime between the 5th and the 12th. Let me uh, plug something else. I'm going to be doing this alternative uh, universe iConference. Okay, I read about that, yeah. Yeah, it's on April 21st, and uh, it's myself, and they've they already done one of these. The first one had uh, 
Walter Bosley and Kevin Smith, he might be familiar with him, Greg Bishop, and uh, a couple other folks I'm uh, forgetting, but the first one was five uh, speakers, uh, each talking for an hour or so, giving a presentation. The whole idea of this is, you know, these uh, conferences, so expensive putting them on and for people to go see them nowadays. It's really expensive proposition, so this way you can check out a paranormal weirdo conference from the comfort of your own your own home. And it's done through, uh, you basically go through the website, and it's Kevin Smith who has a radio show podcast. He has it set up there, and you it's just $10. You get five uh, speakers, and they can even ask them. There's a period where folks can ask questions, and each of the speakers, part of the deal, we present something that hasn't been presented before, some research we uh, haven't presented uh, to the world before, so that's the kind of neat thing about it. Yeah, who are some of the speakers at this big event? Okay, I'll give you the uh, lineup. We're going to have uh, Kevin Smith, and he's going to be talking about Mars, the fading fog, and I think it's presentation on Mars anomalies. Uh, William Michael Mott will be uh, giving a presentation called The Problem of Density Regarding Non-Human Encounters. And I don't have a clue what that's about, but I'm sure it'll be fascinating. Don Ecker will be uh, presenting Is Somebody Else on the Moon? And Ecker's done a lot of research about, uh, once again, weird anomalies and stuff going on on the moon that... Uh, Y'all might not be aware of my presentation is sex, drugs, and UFOs. Nice. And if you want to find out more, you'll have to spend ten dollars and go to this conference. And also Nick Redfern uh, and his uh, presentation is TBA to be announced. Nice. So anyway, yeah, you can go to uh, com. And then you'll see a link there for Alternative Universe iConference. So this is coming up on uh, April 21st. Awesome. Awesome. So, those, yeah, those are some things I have going on. So folks should go out and check that out and uh, tune in in a few weeks for uh, Adam's big return to BOA Audio for some esoteric discussion. Indeed. Look forward to it. On that note, I guess I'll... <laughs> uh, I guess pull you from the mound here. So <laughs> thanks for coming back on the show, Adam, and I'll be talking to you in a few short weeks. You are quite welcome. As always, as I said, I am humbled and honored to be a guest on your show anytime. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. That does it for the 2012 BOA Audio Baseball Special. Big, big thanks to our good friends Jason Offit, Lauren Coleman, Rich Dolan, Paul Kimball, Greg Bishop, and Adam Go Rightly for joining in on the festivities once again this year. You can find out more from these folks at their websites linked all over Banal of America. And as you learned over the course of the last couple hours, you'll be hearing from Jason Offit and Adam Go Rightly once again on the program during BOA Audio Season 7. Now, what about BOA Audio Season 7? It has been nearly two months since I last spoke to the great folks here in BOA Audio Nation. 
I have a lot to report, but I cannot say much. I can tell you that we have taped a plethora of interviews. We have got an amazing catalog of shows already in the can and ready to roll out for folks very, very soon. I cannot tell you a specific premiere date, although I can tell you, how is this for a teaser? I can tell you that we will announce the premiere date this coming Friday, April 20th, two months literally to the day since we dropped the BOA Audio Season 6 finale. We will announce the BOA Audio Season 7 premiere date. And the great thing about this downtime here between seasons is that, as I just said, we have taped a bunch of episodes. So I'm really hoping that we can get things going in a more timely fashion now that we have a bunch of shows in the can. I would like to announce some of the guests, but trust me, folks, I'd rather have it be a big surprise when we roll through them. And given the way the uh, world of online paranormal podcasting is, if I was to announce all of the guests here we've lined up and recorded for Season 7, there would be people out there who would be falling all over themselves to try and scoop us and get the guests themselves before they can appear on BOA Audio. So we're going to keep them under wraps. I will tell you that we're going to be doing a lot of creature episodes, a lot of crypto stuff. We're going to be dealing in a lot of conspiracy elements in Season 7 to kick things off. That's kind of the best teaser I can give you. But we are just very, very, very close to the start of Season 7. We've got the new logo for Season 7 loaded up at the Banal of America Facebook page. And expect news of the new season to be coming fast and furious on my Facebook page as well. You can find out more on all that, of course, at the Facebook page. Just punch in Binal, B-I-N-N-A-L-L, and that'll bring you to my profile. Feel free to befriend me, follow me, or poke me. And from there, you will get your dosage of BOA Audio News. Since this is sort of a uh, episode existing in the ether between seasons, we're going to eschew all of the end show stuff. So big thanks to the BYU staff. No need to make donations yet, folks. I'll be pushing for donations once Season 7 starts. And, of course, we're going to skip listener feedback since I've just unloaded a whole bunch of stuff on you regarding Season 7. So with all that said, I bid you farewell for now. You'll be hearing from me in the not-too-distant future as we kick off BOA Audio Season 7. The adventure soon begins again, my friends, and I'm very much looking forward to the next installment of our collective journey into the unknown.